0: A million, a million, the one villain Too hot to be in the kitchen I'll end up melting the ceiling What's up, what's up, Hobby Lobby? Late night stream It's been on my heart From the start What's up, everybody? I see y'all Sir so Greedy, Wildflower What's up, y'all? I was supposed to be taking a vacation But your boy can't stay away <laughs> So I figure If I'm gonna do a stream, I might as well Do something that's like on a lot of people's mind. It's good to see y'all. Hope everybody is well. So uh we got us a good video tonight. It's gonna be uh Pierce Morgan versus Andrew Tate. And uh, you know, when I first heard about this conversation, I thought, you know, uh definitely something interesting. Definitely something interesting. Uh so we got the whole interview here, and you know it's a little lengthy, it's like an hour and 14 minutes, but we're gonna vibe, we're gonna chill. I'll be reading you all comments, I'll be giving my reaction to it, and I'll see what questions y'all have and things of that sort. Uh first I want to give a shout out to all my subscribers, all my members out there. Much love, and you know, everybody's talking about this Andrew Tate guy. And I've done what one video on this guy. And I had a conversation with one other person about it. Um Either like Andrew Tate or you don't like him. It's like he's one of those guys you either love or you hate. I don't really necessarily feel one way or the other about him. I try to be objective in my opinions about people. So it's like you know, I judge people on their arguments. Fun fun, I'm gonna bounce to YouTube, be right back <laughs> for sure. For sure. Are oh, you on Twitch, yeah. Bring it on then. So uh so Pierce Morgan had this debate, and let's get this party started and see exactly how it gets started. And I'm gonna do my best to analyze it. I'm not rooting for one guy over the other. I think this discussion is something that should be analyzed for whether or not Andrew Tate should have been banned from all social media and all internet sites and apps. And y'all have to decide for yourself.
1: So one of the most infamous men in the world, Andrew Tate's misogynistic tirades have been viewed billions of times online. (laughs) He's now being effectively banned though from the internet. He doesn't think that's fair tonight. I'm going to try and work out if it is. From London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening from London and welcome to a special edition of Piers Morgan Uncensored. Andrew Tate, one-on-one. He's the most famous man you probably never heard of with billions of views online. At one point (laughs) this year, more people were searching Google for Andrew Tate than Donald Trump or Kim Kardashian former professional kickboxer he was kicked off big brother in 2016 after a video emerged of him striking a woman they now both claim was the consensual sex game he's since made millions as a pornographer and casino owner in romania
0: but as his online i think i would argue that andrew tate is probably getting much more uh much more recognition and exposure now that he's been banned from social media because before it was just him doing his own thing, mostly going on, you know, he would go on other people's shows and stuff like that. But now you got people of much bigger status actually paying this guy a lot of attention. So it might turn out that his band was actually more profitable or, you know, offered him a much better deal at the end if he's ever allowed to actually capitalize on all of it. No one should be banned. Even douchey people have their place. Laugh out loud. I agree, uh, especially when you have certain types of people who you know, promote violence and things like that. You have foreign countries who say some of the most horrible things on Twitter and stuff like that and still have Twitter accounts. I don't think Donald Trump should have been banned. I don't think Andrew Tate should have been banned.
1: And videos that have made him notorious across the world, posing as a playboy with fast cars, cigars, weapons, and cash. He rants or, about his often scandalous views no. on women.
2: Or instruct a
1: female to provide sustenance. <laughs> cool.
2: So I think my sister
1: is my her husband's property, yes. Tells young men. They can get as rich as him by paying for his digital life lessons i have 100 business tips i'm going to teach you which will allow you to make your own money instantly but amid a global media backlash the net has closed on andrew tate while millions still share his videos he's effectively banned from the web booted off facebook youtube instagram twitter and tiktok to his fans he's a misunderstood satirist and the victim of big tech censorship to many others he's a malicious misogynist tonight I'll try and get to the truth. Well, some of the opinions Andrew Tate shares in his videos are undeniably deeply offensive. We're going to show you some of them on this show. I think you should see them for yourself, not simply hear what he says about them or what other people say about them.
0: You know, I find it odd that when you start with the prerequisite, prerequisite that somebody is about to offend you, I think that that's the bad way to frame anything. I think you should allow, like, if you're going to show clips or if you're going to actually give some kind of context around who a person is, you don't want to start off by telling people what to expect before they see it. I would prefer to see it myself and then decide if I feel offended or not, but also at the same time, who who gives a damn if you're offended? Like, that's life. You should be offended. People are going to disagree with you. People are going to say things that you don't agree with. And be an adult and accept it. But you also have the right to say offensive stuff as well. Something that you like might be offensive to somebody else. But when you give this like this foreshadowing of something going to be offensive, a lot of people will walk into what they're about to see and think it's offensive before they even know if they are offended or not.
1: Tens of millions of people across the world follow Andrew Tate. And with a big following comes a big responsibility, as well as a public interest in holding his views to account. If outrageous opinions are read aloud, they can be challenged <laughs> and exposed for what they are. If they're silenced, the person holding these views can become a martyr. So that's why I invited Andrew Tate to come here tonight, and he joins me now live. So, Andrew, well, welcome, first of all. Um, you you've come all the way from Romania to Correct. do this interview. Correct. What, what do you hope to achieve from this interview? Why are you here?
2: It'd be interesting to have a conversation with you. You've certainly been uh, the subject of your own divided opinions in the world. Uh, There's a lot of people who would say some of the things you say are perhaps dangerous or toxic. Uh, So I thought you'd be a good person to speak to about this subject.
1: I didn't know much about you before this year. uh, And then I suddenly became very aware of you as the world did. Because, (laughs) as I said earlier, you, you you were the number one subject searched on Google ahead of Donald Trump. Yeah. But I did not think it was even possible. Yeah. Why did you get suddenly so popular stroke infamous, do you think? I exploded.
2: Uh, I certainly didn't do that with magic. I've been on the internet for a very long time. I think in the world we live in now, as the other side, the other side, the people who disagree with me, as they get more and more tyrannical in their censorships and their hate mobs, et cetera, as standard masculine practices are deemed toxic, <laughs> I didn't put a magic spell on everybody. I managed to uh, accumulate a large amount of affinity with the male populace across the Western
0: world, because I'm simply saying things that many men believe, think, and feel. The problem, Hello, now facts here, right? Check this out. A lot of times they like to bring the they, they, they like to blame the person who's filling a void that already existed before that person even stepped into that void. Like oftentimes they will try to blame Donald Trump for the way that Trump supporters were, or they would try to blame Andrew Tate for people liking his content. But the truth of the matter is. These guys would have never been successful if it wasn't some kind of void that people felt that needed to be filled. And if there are a segment in the population who feel as if they're disenfranchised or that they're not being heard or their voices are being overlooked, or nobody's addressing their needs or wants, then of course somebody's going to fill that void. So this is this says less about who Andrew Tate is versus what young men are desiring and what they're not getting. And that's why Andrew Tate was able to fill his void in the the very beginning. So I kind of really have to take the side of Andrew Tate here and say, well, there is a hunger for this. There has to be a hunger. Billions of people are like literally Googling this guy and trying to figure out who he is and listening to his content. There has to be a hunger for something that he's providing
2: populace across the Western world, because I'm simply saying things that many
1: men believe, think, and feel? The problem I would say is, I want to play you just a, a, a clip off the top. This is from Joe Rogan, who's somebody I, I absolutely love. Sure. And I think it explains to me what my, what I presume my issue with you is going to be, right? Correct. And you, right, you have absolutely got the right to try and persuade me otherwise. Sure. But Joe Rogan said this about you.
2: My 12-year-old and my 14-year-old asked me about Andrew Tate. And what'd you say? what you say? Me-
1: I said he's a legit world champion kickboxer. I go, I like him a lot. Why do you like him? And I was asking him. And they said he says a lot of funny stuff on on Twitter and TikTok. Quality. He f***ed up with the misogynists. Yes. Because yeah. if he didn't do that, if he just did the pro male stuff. So I thought that was interesting because when I've gone over everything that's been at the center of the debate about Andrew Tate, I come down with Joe Rogan in the sense <laughs> that
0: there's
1: a lot of stuff you say I agree with. You know, I've got three sons in their 20s. It's not easy
0: actually being a young male in the modern world. It's nearly impossible. I'll say this. It's nearly impossible for you to speak to young men and address some of the things that young men are going through in America without stepping on the toes of women. And the reason I say it's nearly impossible is because a lot of times what we consider to be traditional male roles have been deemed to be toxic masculinity in America and in the Western world. So the moment you start to tell young men that it's okay to be strong and it's okay to have certain standards and to seek certain type of women or whatever the case may be, you're going to automatically run against this idea that what men are are naturally toxic. And that's what we're taught. So, I mean, I don't see a way that you're going to be successful as somebody speaking to young men and teaching them to be better men by not stepping on the toes of the modern feminists. And I I just don't see anybody else who's been able to do that successfully so far.
1: Um, And I think a lot of the things that you say about that uh, can resonate with them. The problem comes with the, I I don't know, 10, 20 percent or whatever of your output, which on the face of it appears to be blatant misogyny. And when you couple that with your massive influence and huge reach, that is why the social media companies have decided to effectively cancel you. I don't believe in cancellation. I don't believe in censorship That's why I've invited you to come on the show. Um, but I do think a lot of the things you've said are blatant misogyny. Do you, do you accept that? So you made a very interesting point there. You
2: just said, on the face of it, appear to be blatantly misogynistic. <laughs> I understand that on the face of some of the long format content I've made, if you're going to take a few seconds out of hours, chop it up, put it all over social media, accompany with my massive fame, then things can absolutely not be really been taken out of context. I do not hate women in any regard. I have no negative relationship with women. No women have come forward saying I've hurt them. I have no criminal record for hurting women. There's no way I can be seen as the face or the devil in regards to how men treat women on on, on the planet. I'm absolutely not the opposite. I believe in protecting and providing. I've been misunderstood. There's been large contingents of people who have tried very hard to purport lies about me. And and the the truth of the matter is, I've I've been produ- producing content for a very long time. Hours and hours of videos been cut down to two or three seconds of clip. Those clips have gone viral, and people misunderstand me. That's but
1: actually, I think you you used this phrase and be taken out of context. And I'm not I'm not sure that is correct in the sense that it still comes out of your mouth. And some of the things, completely. You, some of the things you've said, I just think are blatantly. Well, let's do, you, let's, do
0: let's, well, let's do them. Let's. All right, hold on. Before we get into this, because this should be interesting. This should be really juicy. Now, I will say. There's two approaches here, right? Andrew Tate can make the argument that he's being taken out of context, but yet if he wasn't being taken out of context, you can still make the argument that I'm being taken out of context in this world of social media, in this world of content creation, it's only natural to accept the fact that people can take clips and snippets of your show, long form content, and put out what they want to put out and take you to complete out of context. Yeah, that can happen, right? Now, on the other side, there are things that you can say, even if it's taken outside of the original long form content, that can still hold its own weight and still be considered a statement that you stand by. There's two ways to take this. Now, on one hand, Tate is somebody which I respect about him, that he's willing to take responsibility for anything that happens in the world. I believe in complete ownership. That's something that you see in the military or things of that sort where people argue um, that we should take full responsibility for ourselves. Right. And as a man, I think a man should do that. You cannot on one hand say that you take full responsibility of things. And on the other hand, blame the other people who took you out of context. And on the reason, the reason I say that is because if you're going to say something that you know could be taken out of context, it is your responsibility if, you care. Now, I don't think Andrew Tate cares, which I don't think he should care if people take him out of context. I am talking to a specific audience. He's talking to a specific audience. His content is geared towards that audience. Now, if somebody who is not a part of his audience decides that they want to consume his content in short form or whatever, then if you cannot complain and cry and say, this guy's a misogynist, if you haven't checked out his long form content and put things in context and he shouldn't care about those people in any way. But the problem is those people have now led to him being censored and now he has to pay the consequences for that. But if he doesn't care, then I don't see a problem with it. Let's hear let's, them. let's go through. some. Sure. Right. So you said this about
1: me too stroke. Well, this is probably 40 percent of the reason I moved to Romania. In Eastern Europe, none of this garbage flies. You go to the police and say, he raped me back in 1988. They'll say, well, you should have done something about it back then.
2: Yeah, so the point I was making was, obviously, at the height of the Me Too scandal, and also, if we look at Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, there's been a lot of high-profile cases where men have been accused of things they did not do without evidence, and their lives have been completely and utterly destroyed. When I say these things, people sit and say that, oh, he hates women. I don't hate women. I think rape is disgusting. I would take a stronger stance on rape than the British government. I think these people should face the death penalty. But to sit and say that women without evidence can go forward and just make up accusations against men, even though they've been repeatedly proven to destroy men's lives at will, Is absolutely not. What about a woman
0: who was, which is true. And I'll I'll put it like this. If you can prove that a woman falsely accused somebody of doing something that they didn't do, I think that that person should face the consequences that that other person would have faced if they were guilty of it. I really think that you should hold people accountable to the accusations. Now, if you can prove that this person did it intentionally, then they should face the consequences. Now, there are going to be cases where you just don't have enough evidence to prove that somebody committed an act that was said to have been done by them. And then that's a different story. But the fact that you can just accuse somebody of something, ruin their whole career, ruin their whole lifestyle, ruin their whole reputation and walk away scot free, I think is asinine exactly as what he says. I don't see a problem with anything he just said there. Well, they've been repeatedly proven to destroy men's
2: lives at will. Is absolutely not what about asylum. a
1: woman who was raped back in 1988 and goes to the police? Then she, sh- then the man should face absolute and complete justice. Uh, the, but do you understand a- that when that clip appears on TikTok as a clip, and all right, you as a clip com- completely, okay, but it's still something that came out of your mouth. Do you accept that when that appears on TikTok, a lot of young,
0: maybe not a- see, this is the problem, right? You can accept that that's probably going to have negative consequences on somebody who doesn't truly understand what you're talking about. Yeah, but that's anything. Like, literally, somebody could take any clip of my show, put it out of context, and somebody can take the wrong ideology from it. That's not his fault. That's not his responsibility at all. And to blame this guy for something like that, to me, is a non-starter. But as smart as you, young men, right? Impressionable teenagers
1: will read that and go, what's he saying here? Is he saying that rape doesn't exist? No,
2: completely. I'm not going to sit here as a professional and say that I can't be taken out of context. What I will say is that one small sentence you've taken was from a one hour video where i explained that of course rape is disgusting of course everybody should be punished for their crimes regardless of when they happen but people are not perfect male and female and if you give women the opportunity to destroy men's lives without evidence there's going to be a contingent of women who will do that i'm trying to make a balanced and nuanced argument Thanks. in a world where people have no intention span they're going to take a few seconds put it online decide someone's good or bad not be interested in the longer format video and here i am no, I'm certainly a person who takes personal responsibility. That's who I am as a person. But we live in a world now with TikTok videos five or six seconds long. There's no content. There's
1: do you no think? Content. Do you think women are the property of men? No. The point I was why? Making, why have you said they are? Because I made a religious point. I
2: said that when a man marries a woman, the woman's father walks him down the aisle, walks her down the aisle, and hands her away to the man. Traditionally, this is what it says in the Bible. I'm a religious person. I believe in God. I live in the most. So religious you do think the
1: that the woman becomes the man? I property. think she takes his last name.
0: All right, so here this is this is a good point to like focus in on right here, right? Okay, he said in a religious context, in my belief that when a man brings his daughter or down the down the aisle or whatever, and hands it off to the husband, then the husband becomes uh has authority over that woman. And here's the difference, right? If he's a Christian and he's marrying somebody who also holds his beliefs, then I don't see that as being misogynistic at all. Right. But these are two grown people who have decided they live and abide by the same religious beliefs and they have an understanding and that's the way that they decide to organize their relationship. That doesn't mean you're misogynistic. That means you have a religious belief, which I believe in this country, we do have the right to your religion and freedom to express that religion, how you see fit. I don't see that being misogynistic. That's only saying the type of woman that I date or the type of woman that I believe is right for me and the type of people who accept my ideology will only accept women who agree with this particular setup. That's not misogynistic. That's a religious perspective. They're trying to use, they're trying to take what he said and say that that all men should behave this way, no matter what religious perspective you're coming from, no matter how you view the world and what engagement you have with that woman.
1: I mean, let's watch the clip that you said about sure. this so that we can get it in context.
2: So I think my sister is my, her husband's property, yes. When a bride is walking down the aisle to marry the groom, the father walks next to her and gives her away. True or false?
0: Keyword, I. You can't, he didn't say all oh, men. He didn't say that's how everybody should behave. He said, I believe, I think. So that's what he's saying for himself. Now I can watch Andrew Tate's comments and I can say, oh, that's how he thinks. I don't think that way. Perfectly reasonable response. And as a grown person in America, you can decide for yourself whether you agree with him or not. I think the religious preaching would be misogynistic. It's only misogynistic for those people who don't accept it and that they're trying to force that on everyone. If a woman decides that she wants to adhere to that certain religious perspective, to her, that's, my, that's not misogynistic. How can we say that grown people should be able to marry who they want to marry, be who they want to be, and make their own decisions? Yet, if a woman decides that They want to adhere to a certain religious code that they believe was handed down by God. I don't see that as being misogynistic. Now, it's only misogynistic if a man decides that, hey, all women should abide by this and we should treat every woman like this because women are the property of men in all cases, in all shape, form and fashion by the fact that they are a woman. But I can understand how there are women who live in certain circumstances where they don't get a say. And that's misogynistic. If you if you're a young woman and you're living in a religious household and your parents are forcing you to behave and act a certain way that you don't believe in, then that's then that's a form of misogynistic um uh that's that's a form of oppression in a sense, and that's only due to the fact that she was born a woman, you know what I mean? But if it's her choice and that's his worldview and that's his beliefs, I mean have at it. <laughs> Flower, that's 100% not what Tate means. (laughs) But I'm I'm just judging it based on what's happening right here, right in front of me. I'm not going to stuff he said in the past. I'm talking about exactly what he's saying now, what Pierce Morgan is bringing up, and how it falls into the context of their conversation.
1: But, but absolutely. But, but I've, I've been married twice, as it turns out, and on both occasions, I didn't believe that the woman was being handed to me as chattel, as property.
2: It, I perhaps the way that that the reason I'm asked that question repeatedly, and I'm asked in a loaded way. So would you rephrase and, what you said there? Now, what? That's that's an interesting point about phrasing. Yeah, I make sure I hit the like button. The way I would say things before I was famous, mm. I have to take personal responsibility and accept right. that if I make a video that 500 people see and 1% of them misunderstand it, that's not a problem. If I make a video that 5 million people see and 1% of them under- so misunderstand it. So
1: specifically on that point, I think my sister is a husband's property. She took his last name.
2: She, hmm. she married him. She wanted to join his family. She has said so he, it
1: herself. Right, so she...
2: she She's still me- a sovereign individual. She's absolutely not but a Property
1: means that, you, that the husband
2: owns your sister. Listen, my friend, if we want to argue about this, you need to go back to the Bible, to the Quran, you need to argue with religious No, no, I'm, in not, the I'm world. not talking about
1: anything in the Bible or Quran. I'm asking you But that's you, what it says. No, no. I'm asking you what you think.
2: I think that if a woman marries a man and she decides to take his last name, that they have different roles and responsibilities within that marriage. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. That's not the question. She is hand-I believe so, the father. Hate I, I am,
0: okay, so this is funny, right? <laughs> because I'm 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 putting it like this. From Pierce Morgan's perspective, he felt as if Andrew Tate is dodging the question. It's like, Andrew Tate, I'm clearly asking you, do you think that when a woman marries a man, does she become his property? He's asking in a general sense, not in a particular sense where that woman agrees to it. But Andrew Tate is saying, hey, I believe, I believe in these particular circumstances, she becomes his property because his, his sister agreed to it. His sister thinks that way. That's their arrangement. But it's a sleight of hand here. And it all depends on exactly if you feel as if Andrew Tate is being honest with answering the question, or if you feel like Pierce Morgan is being deceptive in the way he's asking the question. But I think it's a perfectly legitimate question. Do you believe that when a woman marries a man, does that make her his property? That's a yes or no. And then he can explain. The, don't the father like,
1: hands are, don't behave like a politician. The father hands her to you- the man. Right, but don't be a politician, because I think you're a straight talker, right? You keep telling me you're a straight talker.
0: I think my sister is her husband's property. Do you regret saying it like that? That's not a problem to say, because he just cleared it up and said, my sister has referred to herself that way. That's their arrangement. So if he's talking about his particular situation with his sister and her husband, he's not out of line or a misogynist when he just states the obvious on how their arrangement is, is set up in their religious perspective.
2: I I understand that with my newfound fame, perhaps it could be phrased differently. However, I still believe that a woman is given to the
0: man in marriage. See, I think Andrew Tate might be making a mistake here, right? And I think the mistake he's making is, given the fact that his level of fame is a certain level, that he he should frame things a different way. I think that he should be true to how he feels and say it how he wants to say it, regardless if he has millions of followers, billions of followers, or one follower. I think that you should stand by what you believe in, stand by what you said, and just accept it for what it is. But he can also clear up and say, this is my worldview. You don't have to accept my worldview, but I should still be able to say what I want to say. And and you got the right to call me misogynist, but he still has the freedom to speak. He should still have a platform because right now he ain't saying anything that is forcing anybody to treat anybody one way or the other. He's not telling young men, this is how you have to behave. He's talking to his particular audience who's coming to him for a particular perspective. He knows the audience he's trying to reach for a guy like me. That may not work for me. I'm not going to listen to Andrew Tate because that doesn't apply to me. But I'm not his audience. That's what I believe. Yeah, but not as property now the property is the
2: word that other people use when but they as ask a,
1: me the question. but as a, a an equal partner in a loving union, that's what marriage actually means. It Sounds- doesn't mean that when you get married, the woman is given to you as a bit of chattel. Uh, agreed. So why say it? I, but that's the way that people ask me the question. People say to me, they ask the oh, hang on. you can't blame people for asking you questions. Surely, if you want to be
0: accountable for what sure. you said, you've got to own your responses.. I'll- he didn't blame them for asking the question. He just said, they asked me that question, so I gave a response based on the question that was asked to me. That's not blaming them. That's saying, within the context of the conversation that I was having, that's what my response is appropriate. If they would have asked me a different question, I probably would have gave a different response. I believe that's what he's trying to say. It seems like, it's clearly, that's what he's saying. But, Pierce Morgan is like, yo, I read this and I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on this, whether you want me to or not. No matter how many times you tell me, I was responding to a specific question about a specific circumstance in a specific belief. Pierce Morgan is like, nah, you said this. Does this apply to everybody? Don't
1: blame the question. I own the response. I Let believe- me ask you a question okay. now and you say something and then say, well, actually, I blame you for asking I understand,
0: that.
2: Piers. Piers, I understand. I believe the woman is given to the man. I believe she's given away by the father. I believe she belongs to the man. So you she do, belongs to so the
1: all right. So fundamentally, you do believe that a woman becomes a man's property at I marriage. believe she belongs to the man in marriage, correct? Right. Oh, you see, that to me is misogyny.
2: And you're entitled to your opinion.
0: Ask him if the man belongs to her as well. Because a man can say that the woman belongs to her husband, but he can also believe that the husband belongs to the wife. So you should ask him, Because if he believes that as well, that's not coming from a place of misogyny. That's coming from a place of when you marry somebody, you take on a certain commitment and there's a certain level of expectation between those two people. So that would clear this up a whole lot more.
1: Right. But do you you not understand why people think it is misogyny?
2: I understand why some people can be very offended by what I say. What they do
0: is they take a point like that and they ignore all the other points I make. I want to ask Paris Morgan, like, why does it... Who gives a damn... Why? How people take it? Like, yeah, I can understand why somebody would think I'm a misogynist if I say men and women are equal. That doesn't mean the statement isn't true. Like, how people take something has nothing to do with whether or not you speak speaking a true statement or not. Now, me personally, I probably would have never said that women are the property of men. I probably would have never phrased it that way. But at the same time, you got to think of who your audience is. Who are you trying to appeal to? But I think both of them understand, I think Andrew Tate understands this as well, right, that his words have impacts and you don't necessarily know how it's going to impact, but the question should be, what are your intentions? Are you trying to make better men that are better for women and better for the world in general? And he can say yes. And then he can say, do you believe that you're having that impact based on the type of words you're using? And then that's the question that Andrew Tate would have to answer. And then we would have to measure it based on the outcomes, but I don't think we have a proper way of measuring that. The other way around. Yeah, but that's, why that's why I've repeatedly
1: asked you about that line to see if you've changed your position. But the reality is, you haven't.
2: It's not about changing positions. I'm a full-grown adult, and I stick by the things I say, and I'm responsible for them. I which believe.
1: is, which by the way, is fine. Absolutely. But so, what you did say at the start of this little exchange, you said. You know, I wouldn't maybe say things the same way now that I did before I was famous. And yet, actually, you've doubled down and said exactly the same thing. On certain points. So that I, is what you believe. That's my point. Yes. I'm trying I, to work out, look, I don't know you. we right. just met, right? Yeah. I'm trying to work out who Andrew Tate is and what you actually believe. I, I don't I, want to twist anything at all. Then let me make it very, very clear to the camera. I
2: believe a woman is given to the man in, in marriage. I believe that. I also believe a man has a duty to protect and provide for her. I believe a man should lay down his life if something happens or his wife's life is threatened. Okay. So
0: now here is the clear up, right? He think that men also have some level of responsibility, commitment and duty to that female as well. It's not that when a man and a woman gets together, that the man is the only one that's responsible for certain outcomes or certain responsibilities. The woman is beholden to that man. So she has certain level of responsibility and commitment to him as well. Okay. So In a sense, he believes that a man also has to give up or a man also has to provide, a man also has these duties. Now, is that him hating against men? Is that saying that, oh, women deserve something from a man without anything in return? Like, we're trying to get rid of gender roles in, in this country, in America, to say that men and women are equal in all things and that men can do, women can do anything that a man can do and a man can do anything that a woman can do. And there's really no difference, which is not true, Right. And when you live in a culture where everybody is hyper focused on making men and women seem to equal in all shape, form, or fashions, it, it it's only natural that somebody's going to come along and point out the obvious. And he resonates with young people who understand this, and everybody can see it, but we're pretending as if it's not true. And the moment somebody decides to tell you exactly what it really is, I can understand why a lot of women might feel like he's being a misogynist because they may feel as if whatever he's promoting is causing men to not see women as being equal with men in all things. But sorry, sad, but that's nature. I believe that men, women women and children first are on
2: the
1: lifeboat, lifeboats. I believe that men- like, But a man I, doesn't own a woman. It's not, no, it's because okay. I just say literally
2: buy them as a slave. Well, obviously we're not talking about that. We're talking about religious biblical marriage. We're talking about
1: something else. Yeah, but I'm look, I'm a Christian. I don't believe that I, I I I own my wife. Do you believe your wife was given away to you when she took your last name? I believe that there is a process where a, a father <laughs> traditionally walks his daughter down the aisle and hands his daughter to this man, and they stand there and become a union of two loving so people agree. in a partnership. No, there's no ownership involved. I didn't say ownership. He's not, he's not selling her. The father of the bride isn't selling his daughter.
0: No. Okay, so I think Pierce Morgan has a very... Uh new age thought on marriage when it comes to like his Christianity, because in the Bible, the Bible specifically points out like when people got married in the Bible, there was a transaction. There was like, Hey, if you want to marry my daughter, I'm going to expect you to give me something in return. In a way it was a transaction. It was a purchase. And in return, that guy felt as if, okay, now this woman becomes mine. And, She is under my purview, under my responsibility. It's my job to make sure she's protected, to make sure she's safe and to guide her in which way that she should go. You know, the Bible says when a man marries a woman, a woman, uh, a man should guide her in which way she should go. I mean, that's the traditional biblical um, representation of marriage. Now, whether I agree with that, I don't have to agree with it. But in the context of Christianity, as a Christian, I would think that that's the traditional way of seeing marriage. And that's what Agitate is, um, is describing. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's but what property she be- means. It's she not, becomes a not member not like a of your house, family. Is it?
2: I think we're arguing over semantics. That's
1: we're not, though, arguing. because fundamentally, I don't believe a man owns a woman. You do. Well,
2: I don't think a man owns any sovereign individual. I don't think we live in the world of slavery. I don't own any man or any woman.
1: Right. Nobody owns when anybody. When you use phrases like property, that's what you imply. That's I, I understand. A, and so my point, again, is you're a smart guy, right? Correct. There's no yeah. denying that. You're yeah. a smart. You're a good talker. I've seen a lot of the stuff. But when you, what what I don't think you quite fully understand. No, I understand is very when, well. When peers. young, impressionable people I who that are very not well. as smart see things like, I think my sister is her husband's property. Yes, and you've just reaffirmed that yeah. that belief. They think that they have the right to own women. I understand that very well, Piers. Which is That's
2: why, why people think you're a misogynist. Completely. I understand all of this very well. Which is why, when you're saying I was backtracking,
0: I'm not. I'm I you have saying- regret, though? The question I think is Andrew Tate. I think I would ask. Pierce Morgan is, what about all the people who don't think I'm a misogynist? Do they count? Does their voices matter? Like, why should I care about the people who think I'm misogynist more than I care about the people who don't? What gives their voices more weight? I would really be interested to see what Pierce Morgan's response would be to this, because it's, it's just a matter of fact. When you become a public figure, there are going to be people who dislike you for multiple reasons, they there are going to be people who love you. So why should you care about the people who dislike you over the people who love you? I don't, I don't really, I don't know an answer to that. I don't see a reason why he should care. The way you phrase this stuff. Well, this is the point I was trying to make. The point I'm trying to
2: make is when I was not nearly as famous and I was making long format content, I was not sitting there anticipating I'd become the most Googled man on the planet and that few seconds could be taken out of context. That was not
1: my anticipation. No, but it's still what plan. you believe. It's what you believe now. So what's the difference? It's not about, It's not.
2: you're asking me, you're saying that young people who are in If you
1: said to me, look, look, Piers, honestly, I've had time to think about this and I wish I hadn't said it. I don't believe that. That's one thing. Actually, you said the opposite. You said, actually, that's what I think, yeah.
0: Andrew Tate can't do that. I, I think he's doing it the best way he can, but the, the problem here is, let's be honest, Andrew Tate has built himself up to be a top G. Andrew Tate has built himself up to be a man who means what he says, says what he means, a person who stands by his morals and stands by his values, the moment he starts backpedaling and saying, I don't mean this, I don't mean that, in turn, it ruins his image. It destroys what he's supposed to stand for. And if Pierce Morgan thought that he was going to get Andrew Tate on his show and get him to backpedal on all of most of these statements, he will literally be asking Andrew Tate to destroy his image. And, you know, why would any young guy trust Andrew Tate or believe anything he says if all it takes is for some news media guy to, you know, beat him up a little bit and get him to backpedal. You know, I, I just don't see that happening.
1: I think that when a... so it's, a, It doesn't really matter whether you recorded it when you're famous or not famous. It's what you
2: actually believe, right? I believe that a man has a duty to protect and provide for a woman. I believe that uh, a woman's father gives her away to the man. That's what I believe. And that's in, in my marriage, that's that's the circumstance I'm going to live under. If, if people want to live in a different scenario, that's completely theirs. They're, they're prerogative.
1: You, you went on to say about authority over women. If I have a responsibility over I must have a degree of authority. Yeah. For the same reason, if I have responsibility over and people are going to use their mind, it's an example and analogy. Responsibility over a child, I have to have some authority. Yeah. So you, you believe as part of your ownership or your property of, of the woman, You have authority over her. No, I believe if you have responsibility. That's what you said. I I believe you have responsibility (laughs) over something. You have
2: to have a degree of authority. You can't be responsible. Yeah,
1: but authority means, again, that you're the boss. The point I'm
0: making, if you'll please let me finish at this point. Okay, I'm going to be honest, right? When When Andrew Tate says authority, anybody who takes him literal is going to see what Pierce Morgan is saying. The problem here is I do think that men in traditional relationships, men and women, usually have a sense of authority, not meaning that the woman has to do what the man says, but a lot of women do take direction from their man. A lot of women want their man to be the leader, want their man to be strong and to make decisions. And a lot of women will act like they don't want that kind of man, but most women seek that type of man. That's why most women date up when they date guys who have more success or more money or higher levels of prestige in society, because they are looking for a strong minded individual who is a take, take action, stand up guy. That is the level of authority, not because the man is forcing it on the woman, because women tend to go for guys who have that aspect about them. Women want guys who are confident guys who are good at making decisions. They want a competent partner. So by proxy, Women naturally gravitate towards guys who will have a sense of authority in their relationship.
2: The point I was trying to make was talking about the safety of a woman. Mm. She was walking alone at night. And I was saying, well, I wouldn't let my woman walk alone at night. Mm. And they said, well, you're not in charge of her. You don't get to decide what she does. I said, I understand. But if I'm responsible for her safety and I'm the person who's burdened with making sure she is safe, I have to have the authority to say, don't put yourself in unsafe situations. The
1: two things are linked. Well, you don't have have authority. You you, You can absolutely have the right to say to the woman you're with, I don't think you should. But ultimately, if she so, decides, then but, I can't force her. Right. So authority implies that you have the ability to control someone. No, authority right. believes uh, the
2: authority implies that I have the moral right to sit and say that that's an irresponsible thing to do, and I'm responsible. for That's not what there. authority means. Well, I'm I'm not going to. If you think I'm going to lock somebody up in their room, if that's is that
1: what you're implying? No, I just say I don't think you know what authority means. I know what it means. I'm saying that if well, I have this re- is a different description of if, what authority. If, means. if I have re-
0: okay, to be fair, right, this is something that I'm thinking about. When you go to work and you have a boss. Your boss has authority over you, but that doesn't mean that your boss can force you to do anything. Your boss can't force you to stay to work late. Your boss can't force you to do something that's outside of your um, job. Your boss can't force you to just do whatever he tells you to do when he tells you to do it, however he wants to do it, but he still has authority over you. He has this decision-making power over you. So to be fair, I think Pierce Morgan is being a little, a little, um, uncharitable in the way that he's addressing him right now. Because when the man says authority, he doesn't mean that like, you're my slave. If you don't do what I'm telling you you're going to do, there's going to be horrible consequences. and something that you can't avoid. That's not necessarily what authority always means. Authority just means that I have a level of decision making in this particular situation. And you have to kind of follow my lead in a sense. Now, I can see how some people will take authority and believe that I own you. And Pierce Morgan is probably trying to speak for the young people who will take that and say, well, that means I, I run this and, I, and I, I'm in control at all times. And I just think that. They're speaking about two different audiences. I really do think that is the case.
2: Responsibility for her safety. Then I have to have the authority authority to tell her not to do unsafe.
1: Yeah, But authority means that you have some form of control over this woman. I,
0: I think you're trying to. What you're trying to. I'm do. only trying to get to what you think. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, bro. If I if, if I'm expected to die for you, if I'm expected to go to war for you, if I'm expected to lay down my life, if somebody were to harm you and do something like that to you, I do expect a level of uh of decision making in a relationship. I do expect a level of like I don't want you to do this and I, you shouldn't do that. Now you could disagree with me, but we can't be together. But there's no way you're going to tell me that I have to lay my life down for somebody and I can't even decide, make decisions in that relationship. It, it just, it makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? But that seems like an easy answer for him to differentiate from, to, from for take. Yeah. Um, I think Pierce Morgan wants to nail him down on this, right? Because of the word authority. But I, if, as a good faith actor, I would expect Pierce Morgan to go with what he's saying now. If you ask this guy a question, you say, you said this, and he says, okay, what I mean by that is this, then I think the good faith argument is to deal with what he's saying he meant instead of trying to force him to admit to being, to stating something that he doesn't actually believe it, even if he might have said it in a way that could have been taken wrong.
1: Well, see, I am—I come uh, with no agenda here at all. I understand.
2: And I'm explaining very, very clearly. Hmm. If I have responsibility over said subject, I have to have authority of it. So let me say, you have children, right? Right. You have responsibility for them. No,
1: I have. I have legal authority over my children. That is very different to having legal authority over my wife or my female partner. Completely. But the point I'm trying to make. So you accept that? I I accept that you use the analogy of responsibility for a child. My friend, these are these are very these are actually really important things. They're important
2: things, but you interrupt you interdu- you interrupt me every five seconds, so it's hard for me to actually explain my point.
0: <laughs> the point I'm making here is very simple. <laughs> All right, now look. When, when two men are engaged in a level of a disagreement, there's always this element of threat there, right? <laughs> now, I get that they're on a TV show or something of that sort. There ain't no real threat there. But to have two men go at it like this, it, 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 it's entertaining to see, you know, because it looks as if Andrew Tate is getting very, very annoyed. And it also seems as if Pierce Morgan is getting very annoyed as well. And both of them are feeling as if the other person is dodging or trying to trap them in some shape, form or fashion.
2: You have children and you're responsible for their safety. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have authority to say, don't go out at night, perhaps, because you want them to be safe. I have legal authority. You have a legal authority. Yeah, Legal authority. I'm saying that if I had a woman and the the question where you've raised this soundbite from, Mm -hmm. I was asked about protecting a woman, making sure she's safe. Mm -hmm. And I would say I wouldn't want her to go out at night on her own because I'm responsible for her safety. Mm -hmm. And someone said, well... You don't have authority over it to do that. And I said, well, no, I can't force her to stay inside. But if she were to ask me, how do I protect myself at night? I would say, well, you should stay inside. That's right. how you should do That's,
1: it. I don't have an issue with what
0: So we agree. No, no. It's the semantics. Girl. No, do we agree? I'm sitting here explaining to you what I mean. I'm sitting here explaining to you what I mean. What more do you want? You said that I said this. I explained to you what I meant when I said this. And now you want me to what? Well, what do you want? I'm explaining it to you as clear as I can what I meant. If you're not going to take me for what I said I meant, what the hell do you want, Pierce? I just don't get it. Okay, I said it this way; it could have been taken wrong. So here I am clearing it up. This is what I really mean, but you're not happy with that.
1: It's not, it's not semantics. And this is what I don't don't think you quite get why there's a furore over what you say with respect, because the semantics point would be we're saying the same thing in different ways but we're not. I'm saying to you that when you say I have to have some authority over a woman, I say to you, you have no right to any authority over a woman. You do over a child if
0: it's your child. You do if that woman gives you authority over her. If a woman that she wants to be in a relationship with a guy who wants authority over her and she agrees to that, then he does have authority over her. That's just the facts of it. Because you are the legal
1: appointed guardian of that child. Understood. You're not a legally appointed guardian or authority over your wife or female legally partner. Legally appointed, absolutely not. I agree. However, when it comes to things like
2: personal responsibility or your personal safety, men largely by society are accepted we're the protectors and providers we can sit here and pretend that in the world we live in if me and my wife were walking down the street and men were to come up and try and attack us i wouldn't be the one fighting but we both know in reality i would right i have a degree i, don't, I, don't of, I have a degree of responsibility to protect her
0: so in that if that's the case right if men are if, if men are expected to protect and lay down their life for their woman why in the hell should we be having this dream vision that men and women have this equal role in society when we don't we don't we just don't You know what I mean? I'm not talking about those crazy feminists who want to make up this idea that they are just as strong and just as powerful as every man. No, nonsense. If a man and a woman is in a relationship and a man has to put his life, his flesh and bones at risk to protect her, then this is is not equal. That's not equal. It's not equal. And it's not fair to say that a man shouldn't have a level of decision-making in a relationship, especially knowing that he's taking the highest risk at being with a woman. So if I have a degree of responsibility to protect her physically,
2: then the point I'm trying to make is I will do my best to make sure she's never putting herself in unsafe, unsafe do you situations. You wish you hadn't used the word she, "authority." In she, the authority is something that she would give to me. She would come to me and say, so is, but, "How do? How can I make sure no, I'm the, safe on, as possible?" Okay,
1: but I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to point out that's not what authority means. If someone gives you can, a person can give <laughs> voluntary else. authority, <laughs> and not authority.
2: Uh, no, but that's the point. If it's a not. woman, Pierce, Andrew, stop? Pierce, if a woman comes to me and says, "I want you to keep me safe." she is handing me authority for her safety.
1: But do you understand the difference between having authority over somebody and somebody (laughs) giving you permission to have authority? Completely. I never said that. One is consensual and one is... (laughs) But why are we
2: pretending I do unconsensual things? Because you literally
1: say, I must have a degree of authority. I have to have some authority.
0: Oh, my God! Like, you can't make this up! I I fail to believe that Pierce Morgan is being this dishonest. I really fail to believe that he's being this dishonest. What he is saying, okay, if, if if me and a woman are going to get together, and we're going over what it is like being in a relationship together, and I say, in order for a woman to be with me, I have, a, ha, I have to have a certain level of authority. What I'm doing is setting requirements around the type of woman that I'm going to date. And if a woman wants to be with me, she has to accept those boundaries, just as if she has to lay out what she wants in a relationship, and I have to accept those things to be with her. So if a woman says to me that she has to have the authority in a relationship, I have a decision to be with her or not. And if I do decide to be with her, then I have to accept the fact that she has a level of authority over me. All he's saying is, if a woman wants to be with me, I have to have authority. So any woman who wants to be with me, that's the terms of the conditions. There's nothing wrong with that. Because as a consenting adult, a woman can agree whether she wants that or not. Only if
2: I'm responsible for her safety. If I'm not responsible for her safety, I don't have
1: authority. If your position now is that, with her permission, I would like to have authority when we go out at night to protect her, that's a different That was always
2: my position. But that's
1: not what you said. But that was always my position here. So, so again, I simply say to you, do you it do you, is what would, I said. Though. Do you wish you'd phrase
2: it a different way? No, because we're talking about long format copy where I'm talking about a woman who has come to me and said, You're responsible for making sure I'm safe. I said, Well, then I have to make the decisions. When an 18-year-old authority.
1: boy reads, I must have some authority okay. over a woman. What okay. do you think, you think?
0: see? Pierce Morgan is confused in the fact that somebody's going to clip this man's content, put it out of context, and that kid is going to read it and hear something else. Once again. That's not his fault. You can't stop people from doing that. If you you want a content creator to be responsible for everything somebody takes out of context and clip and put somewhere else, you literally won't have any successful content creators. Because, boy, is that the hardest thing to do. Especially when you're talking about real life circumstances and situations. Especially when it comes to relationships between men and women or politics or anything of that sort. We see this time and time again. We see politicians, they'll cut clips of something that another politician did and put it in an ad and say, this person believes this or this person said this and that and third and take it completely out of context. We saw that with Donald Trump. When Donald Trump said it was good people on both sides, we saw people only take that and com- and completely miss all of the context that was around it. Like, it happens. You cannot be a successful person in the world of content creation and expect somebody not to clip your content at some point in the future and spread it to people and people take the wrong impression about what the conversation was actually about. Teen-year-old
1: boy reads, I must have some authority over a woman. What do you think he thinks? Well i understand that yeah and definitely. i said this
2: earlier when you tried to say i was backtracking which i'm not doing I no no
1: actually i'm not i don't want to okay i'm not trying to gotcha you cool i'm trying to work out exactly what you are i understand to with massive fame
2: comes massive responsibility i understand that a percentage of the population are always going to take everything that's said by anybody
1: out of context
2: would you change the wording of what you said no i would just encourage people to watch my long format copy
1: and understand would it you tell an 18 year old boy you don't have authority <laughs> over women absolutely You would say that. Unless
2: a woman comes to him and says, you're responsible for my safety, please make sure keep me
0: safe. Like that Andrew
1: Tate, I can sign up to. Well, then we agree. Yeah, but... All right, then we
0: agree, right? On to the next subject. I don't agree with what you said before. Because you're taking... Oh, my God. (laughs) Pierce Morgan is stuck on what he said before. (laughs) Even though the man didn't explain... (laughs) Even though this man didn't explain this thing like three, four times over... This man, more Morgan, is still like, but what you said before? <laughs> you got to be kidding me right now, bro. ...a soundbite from a two-hour yeah,
1: but conversation. but you haven't been taken out of context because I read you the entire sentence. It's very well, you've ignored all the context around the sentence, my friend. You can't ignore a sentence that says, I must have a degree of authority. But you can when there's a two-hour...
0: Oh, my God, literally. You know how easy it is to take that out of context? Like, literally. If I say it right now, I'm like, yo... You know, in my beliefs, I believe that a man is the head of the household. And what that means is I'm only willing to date women who accept that. So if you're going to be in a relationship with me, I must have ultimate authority in the relationship. Now, if you just clip that and say, if you want to be with me, you I must have 100% authority in a relationship. You can't take that out of context. Literally, it's not even hard to do. And plus, when I'm here to give you context, you're still not accepting it. You're
1: still not accepting it. You can't ignore a sentence that says, I must have a degree of authority. But you can when there's
2: a two-hour conversation where a woman is telling me if she makes me responsible for her safety and me explaining, well, if I'm responsible for your safety, I have the authority to make
0: decisions. yes, you've ignored all the
1: context. Do you respect women? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? Do you think the 18, 19-year-old woman... I
0: don't even think that she should say, I respect women. Like, I respect some women. Like, you don't have to respect everybody. You don't have to respect some men. Like, what do you mean when you respect women in general? I mean, like, I respect people who respect me. I don't have to respect anybody. Respect is not something that you just automatically get for somebody. But, like, you should respect somebody if they don't disrespect you. But to say I respect women, it's like, well, I mean, do you respect all women? Probably, probably not. There are probably some women I don't respect. It is what it is. There are some men that I don't respect. It is what it is. It's like you don't have to sign up to these bumper sticker ideas.
1: And ...a more attractive
2: than 25-year-old women? I think there's attractive people. Uh, that's that's a loaded question. I don't know... Well,
0: it's not really, is
1: it? I, I can't say
2: you know sit- why I'm asking it. Of course I do, but I can't sit well, here and for say... For the
0: benefit of
1: viewers who don't know why I'm asking, you said this. In general, this is also one of the reasons men find youth attractive. You want to blow up the internet? I'll blow- Pierce
0: Morgan said he doesn't have an agenda, but let's be honest. When you go and you find everybody's most controversial phrases and tries to pin it on them, like... He went and found all the controversial things. He's not going to go find the the, the videos of Andrew Tate when he says something that might have been positive or good. He's not reading those things off. He's reading all the things that are controversial. So his job, his intentions right now is to nail him on the things that he considers to be misogynistic or hateful or whatever the case may be. That's an agenda. General, this is also
1: one of the reasons men find youth attractive. You want to blow up the internet? I'll blow up the internet right effing now. The reason 18- and 19-year-olds are more attractive than 25-year-olds is because they've been through less dick. People say, oh, you can't say that. (laughs) Yes, I can. A 19-year-old is more attractive than a 26-year-old woman, and I'll tell you why. Because that 26-year-old has talked to more guys, been to the club more times, been effed and dumped more times, more arguments, more mess, more for me to clean up. That is misogyny. Why? Because you are encouraging a mindset about 25-year-old women that makes them sound out to be...
0: That's not misogyny. That's that's probably ageism. That's probably like, if I said old women versus young women, it's not that women in general. It's a specific age category that he's literally going after, right? So it's more ageism than it would be misogyny. Now, do I agree with his statement? No, I don't. Uh, there are plenty of 25, 26-year-old women who are like virgins or probably only had one or two partners he's probably speaking in a more generalized term that older women tend to have more partners, been through more things and are less likely to be better mates because of the scars and the wounds and all of the baggage that comes with it. Now, whether you agree with that or not, in general, that probably is the case. Not saying that 25-year-old, 26-year-olds aren't good lovers or somebody you should pursue in a relationship. Just saying that the older somebody is, as a man, like if you're a 25-year-old man or a 30-year-old man, you're more likely to have been through more partners or you're more likely to have been through more relationships, had your heart broken or been through something that really scarred you that you're going to bring over to your next relationship. Now, as far as the whole sexual aspect of it, I don't think that really matters. But when it comes to the emotional trauma and uh, a lot of the bad habits that people pick up in relationships, the longer you live, the more likely you are to have gone through those things.
1: Infinitely less desirable than 18, 19-year-olds and having effectively been having too much sex to be taken in a more respectful way. That would, well, firstly, even if that was the case, that wouldn't be misogyny. but well, what right? did you
2: mean by what you said? That's not misogyny because it's not anti women. I'm, I'm saying that an 18 or a 19 year old woman would be more
1: desirable. It's pretty anti 25 year old woman.
2: Anti 25 year old women, we can argue, but not misogyny. Well, that's misogyny. Less, though, less, though,
1: less, no, 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 it's well, not. Being anti any woman at all is misogyny. Not when I'm Not when I'm saying that women are beautiful <laughs> and attractive at a certain age and saying the age You're difference. saying it's, 18, 19 year olds are more attractive than 25. Well, then, years, than then. ageist,
2: perhaps, but misogynistic, absolutely. Is that what But you just accepted it was misogyny. No, I didn't. You said it was misogyny. <laughs> I'm telling you no. <laughs>
0: How the hell did Piers Morgan just say, You just said it was <laughs> my What the hell conversation is Piers Morgan having? Did he just say, not did? Did the agitate just
1: say it is misogyny? I, I didn't hear that. Misogynistic, absolutely But But you just accepted it was misogyny. <laughs> no, I didn't. You said it was misogyny. I'm telling you, no, it's not. So you don't think if you're oh, saying God. slightly hateful things about a 25 That's not slightly or... hateful. Well, it is. You think you, you say that to a woman's face if she's 25? It's not slightly hateful. When so you would go up to a 25-year-old woman and tell her exactly what I have just read her. Why would I walk up to a random 25-year-old
0: <laughs> Bro, you got to stop it, bro. <laughs> Bro, the Piers Morgan just asked this man, would you walk up to a 25? Tw- <laughs> bro, there are, there are things I would say with my homies that I would not say in front of women. And it's like, bro, why would anybody walk up to a 25 year old and literally just tell her some shit like that? <laughs> boy, Piers Morgan needs to stop it, boy
1: public on the internet and it's been listened to and watched by millions and millions of young impressionable boys there was a large
2: panel there was a conversation there was hours long of conversation there were feminists attacking men for toxic masculinity and attacking me and saying things and i said things back which were going to attack but i think see
1: i'm i so which you've done yourself a a bunch of times. i think a lot of allegations of toxic masculinity are not Toxic. Correct. I do think that kind of uh, sentence I just read out that that paragraph is actually toxic. If you genuinely mean that and you say you wouldn't say it to a woman's face, but you said it in public about women of that age.
0: I'm going to be honest, right? I'm going to be honest. If somebody asked me, they were trying to find uh, a suitable mate, somebody that would be a good partner somebody that they can like, you know, develop a strong bond with. I would say that if you want to have a relationship with somebody and kind of mold and shape that person to be a better wife, I would say find a younger woman. Now, it depends on your age. I wouldn't tell a 60-year-old to go find an 18-year-old, but if you're 25 or something like that, I would say, hey, maybe you might want to find a girl that's like 19, 20 years old. It's like, because she hasn't been scarred. She hasn't been wounded. She don't necessarily know exactly what all she likes. And then you can introduce her to the type of guy you are and y'all can grow and y'all can shape and mold each other. And it'll be better off that way, especially in certain groups or certain types of communities where women end up having kids at younger ages. um, it's, It's better to find a woman, especially if you're a young single dude with no children. It's better to find somebody who hasn't been through all of that, because if another guy dogged a woman out or mistreated her and broke her heart, it's going to be very hard for her to get in a relationship with you and not be suspicious or have trust issues and things of that sort. And I would also argue the same thing in the opposite direction. I would say that as a woman, you will want to find a guy who hasn't been like fed all of this player nonsense, somebody who's been through a whole bunch of girls and don't treat women as valuable and You know, the older a guy gets, the the less likely he's going to be able to, like, come into a relationship with no kids or prior marriages and things of that sort. Like, I would say the same exact thing. But I guess Pierce Morgan argument is how you say it and not that you're saying it. But it does seem like Pierce Morgan doesn't like the fact that it's even being said.
1: And you say you wouldn't say it to a woman's face, but you said it in public about women of that age. I do think that's misogynist. And I think you probably do, too. I don't think it's misogynistic. I understand why it can be insulting. To
2: you wouldn't people. say it to a woman's face? I'd, well, it depends. You're making out like I'm walking around the street going up to random 25 well, I to
1: me, You're doing it to tens of millions of people online. There's no difference. Not at it? all. We're discussing a topic. we were discussing the, the ideal age of a man. Should, should young boys, right, in their teens, are you comfortable that they would have that <laughs> Be I honest. Think, I think that young boys
2: in their teens lack life experience. They lack nuance. And they need to be very, very careful what they're digesting online, whether it's my content or anybody else's. Yeah,
1: I think you know for a fact millions of them are digesting exactly
2: what you're saying. Completely, the entire internet, to a degree, I think any any subject you can find,
1: there's going to be a whole. Heap See, of I, I come content. back to the Joe Rogan thing, Andrew. Is that a lot of what you say I agree with. Yeah. Right. I do genuinely. I've read a lot. I've read a lot of stuff you said. A lot of the stuff but you're you talk not going to bring I any I think of that up. Of a good point, right? Somebody like agree about a lot of things. But when I read that kind of thing, I'm like. I just... How much of that is you? How much of that is some act? Do you regret saying stuff like this? I don't... actually, do you see it as weakness to admit you shouldn't have said something like that? No, I don't live with regret.
0: I'm not going to lie. Let's be honest, bro. Let's be honest. If, If Andrew Tate would have said some of the same things that he said, but he would have said it in less controversial ways, I doubt he would be as big as he is. Like, for some reason, people crave shock value. And he... He's very good at shock value. Like, whether you agree with what he says or not, the fact is that he's very entertaining. People tend to gravitate towards him because they're going to be excited and entertained by him. And he would not be as successful as he is if he was if he didn't have the level of shock value that he has. Let's be honest. Donald Trump would have never got where he was if he didn't have that shock value. You know, people love Donald Trump because he was entertaining. Now, if you don't like the fact that entertaining people tend to gather a lot of people and support them... That's just a human condition. But you're asking this guy to really sacrifice his level of fame so that a few people who probably don't watch his content anyway would like him. And I I just don't see that happening. Realistically, I just don't see it happening.
1: Do you see it as weakness to admit you shouldn't have said something like that? No, I don't live with regret.
2: I think what's happened is that, like I said, long format content, arguments with feminists, arguments with the toxic masculine crowd, arguments with the left, and they're gonna take a small clip, small sentence from ours, and they're gonna try and paint me as if- But I'm not left all right. I don't know what you are, Piers. Exactly. That's my point. No, and, but that's my point. And I understand. <laughs> And, and you're doing exactly as I knew would happen on this interview, which is because you're a busy man. You're not going to watch hours and hours and hours of video.
1: Actually, I have watched hours and hours of video. And I'm going to come to the stuff where I agree with you. And I'm going to come to the stuff <laughs> about your censorship, sure. which I have issues with. So this is, you know, it's a long interview, right? Sure. I just thought off the top, you said to me, and you were quite bold about it. Well, go on, then let's go through this. And things. you and you should keep going. I will sit here and stand by what I
2: said. I believe that that On that, man... that I've just read to you. There. yeah. Do you wish you hadn't said that? I understand how it's been misconstrued. I understand how it's been weaponized against me. Do I regret it because it's been weaponized and used against me? Well, that's slightly annoying. Did that's I, not why Did I, want you to did I it. at the time mean what I said in in the context of the conversation, mm-hmm. which obviously you, you you're not familiar with, and the people at home are not familiar with? No, I meant what I said. The twenty 25- five.
0: You gotta respect that, though. Like, oh, uh, you gotta respect the fact that brother is standing by. Like, if he still believes it, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie just because this man is trying to grill you or whatever. Don't lie. You know what I'm saying? Because the moment the moment Andrew Tate starts to like backpedal, it's over. It's over. Because they, they're going to get to him. They're going to get to him. Thanks for the follow, Ghost Noctis. Welcome to the party, Hobby Lobby. You are the only one talking about Andrew Tate. And I will. You know what I mean? We talk about anything. Free expression. I don't think it's about losing fame. I think to be anything less would make him disingenuous. Exactly exactly thanks bro and look believe it or not they're putting so much pressure on this man they put so much pressure on this man how can you it even if Andrew Tate changed his mind I would argue that he shouldn't even tell him that he changed his mind because it'll never be genuine the moment he starts to backpedal everybody's going to assume that he's only backpedaling it because they're coming after him and that's exactly what they want they want to make him they want to lower his status amongst his fans because let's be honest The people who don't like Agitate don't give a damn about his content. They don't care. They're not going to pay this man anyway. He has no incentive to please these people. To say what? Oh, put me back on the internet? The man is already a multimillionaire, as far as I know about him. He really has nothing to lose. He only has something to gain. It's just like, bro, it's like, bro, the man said I said this and it's like, in the context of the conversation that I was having, I'm trying to explain the context to you. But every time I explain the context to you, you just overlook that and try to force me back into the position that I'm telling you. Look at the context, bro.
1: Five-year-old women—they've just talked to more guys, been to the club more times, been effed and dumped more times, more <laughs> arguments, more mess, more for me to clean up. Well, there's a whole much. There's a whole bunch of context
2: and conversation around that that's been missed, and I, I don't think them. I'm missing much context. Well, I, I, much... I encourage people who are interested to go watch
0: it. I mean, I'm just so he should ask. Oh, Andrew Tate. I, I don't know much about Andrew Tate as far as his debate skills or how he uh, addresses, like, controversy when he's in the heat of our d- debates. I haven't watched a lot of his debate content. But I would have definitely asked Paris Morgan, okay, since you understand the context, can you tell me the context? Explain the context and then tell me what I said within the context and then I'll explain to you if I mean it or not. Let's see if, if Pierce Morgan actually did his due diligence and understands the context. Because he said he does. So, put him in the hot seat, Tate, and say, okay, what's the context? And then, once he explain the context, then we'll decide for ourselves was it appropriate or not?
1: Just read out three sentences on the bounce there. I don't think there's any context I'm missing. I mean, you've you made it pretty clear what you think about the difference between 18 and 90 year old women. I wasn't talking about concerned.
2: myself, even. I was explaining, I was talking with a Muslim guy who was on the panel, and he was explaining how youth is very valued in most parts of the world Mm. and why virginity is valued in most parts of the world. The feminists were arguing against it and I was sitting there actually very much like you, a mediator (laughs) between the two explaining why most of the world still today, perhaps not in the western world, virginity is coveted, youth is coveted in most of the world and and throughout all of human history. And I was sitting there making the point explaining why in certain parts of the world they think how they do. Even though it's it's very different to the western world. So I was making a point mediating between two groups very similar to Mm. yourself The conversation has been misunderstood. They've taken this clip of it and it's been weaponized and used against me. I understand that it's because I am now the most famous Google person on the planet. It's inconvenient, (laughs) sure. But I'm definitely not a danger to women in any regard. I date women 25, 26, 27 years old all the time. None of them are offended by the things I say. I don't think
1: you're a danger to women. I think the the danger, if it it concerns you, the danger is the influence you have on young men to have this kind of mindset about women.
0: It's not Andrew's take responsibility to raise these kids It's their parents' job to raise these young kids, right? Which what what we often do sometimes in society is we pawn off our responsibility to these figures. I wouldn't tell a young person to follow everything that a a, a politician says or everything that a celebrity says. I would, if if I had a son, 18, 19, he should be listening to what I have to say, right? We should be having those conversations as father and son or whatever the case may be. You're trying to make this man the father of all these people. And that's not his job. That's not his job. We have to stop trying to pawn off our responsibilities to these figures. Because, believe it or not, if you're a parent and you're allowing your child to just listen to the internet unfiltered, it's your problem. It's your fault if your child walks away with the wrong ideas. It's like, Come on, man. This man makes content for a specific type of audience. And now you want him to, you want him to pander to a bunch of people who don't even like him? Why? Give me a good reason.
1: And that's really what I'm trying to get to what you really believe and how much you've just shot off because you think it's like entertaining and you haven't really given it much thought. And whether now you're a bit older and you've had all the fallout, whether part of you is thinking, actually, if I had, as Joe Rogan says, if you hadn't said stuff like this, you'd probably still be on all these platforms. You'd be massively more popular, massively more famous, massively richer. So I'm really just trying to get to on the blatantly misogynist.
0: I agree that we should be having this conversation. I agree that Piers Morgan can hold his feet to the fire. But what I do not agree with is when a person is trying to explain to you What the context or what they mean. I expect you to deal with what they're telling you they mean instead of trying to force them to deal with something that they're trying to explain. Like he is trying to explain to you what he meant when he said something. But instead of Pierce Morgan dealing with that, he keeps trying to bring him back to the original statement that was cut from the long form context. It's like you're not getting anywhere like this. This is this is not the way to interview somebody and try to get to the bottom of something, it's not effective. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, I, I've done a video on Andrew Tate and I disagree with some of the things he said, right? But I don't care if you like Andrew Tate or dislike Andrew Tate. I wouldn't care if you watch 100% of Andrew Tate's material. I'm going to focus on the video that's in front of me and what's happening right here, right now. And right now, it seems as if Paris Morgan is trying to nail this man, regardless if he's trying to explain it a different way. And it's just bad tactics, bad tactics. And if anything, He's doing the opposite of what he's hoping to do, because all he's doing is pissing off everybody who follows Andrew Tate and wants Andrew Tate to have a platform. All he's doing is proving Andrew Tate right. You know what I mean? That's why I don't believe in censorship. Like, let the man speak. If you have better ideas than Andrew Tate, put it out in the free world of expression. Convince people to your side. But this whole trying to shut people down and force them into a box and force them to think like you want them them to think, it's going to backfire. Right? It's a parent's job to put this in context. It's a parents' job to monitor what their children are watching this stuff.
2: Do you yeah. just wish you hadn't said it? With great power comes great responsibility. Mm. It was certainly Spider-Man. said before the great power came. <laughs> it's inconvenient to a degree. However, like I said, at the time, with the context of the conversation, I know that I'm not saying things which I believe to be detrimental to the world. However, they've been misconstrued and they've been misunderstood. If a
1: 25-year-old woman was watching this, would you say, I'm sorry for saying that? Well, I wouldn't want anyone to be. Why there.
0: would you apologize to her? It's like, what the fuck? Like, really, dude?
2: Offended by anything I say. But it's, I say it's, things it's, but I say things that offend... And this is the thing that's interesting, Pierce. Please let me finish. So,
1: are you, again, you're please. behaving like a politician. Yeah, but hang on. You can say I'm interrupting. You do. But, if, but you're answering a different <laughs> question to the one I asked you. So as an interviewer, you're, sure. Be, okay, you're sure, behaving... Sure. Okay, let's... Sure, okay, answer. you accept that. Let's accept no we both no problem, got, no got no on. Problem. Okay. So again, my point is simply, if a 26-year-old woman is watching this and has heard those comments, yeah. would you just say to her, I, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have no, said that. No, no. I will say that
2: I am sorry that that offends you. However, there's a large contingent of the world. That doesn't and, mean you're sorry. Uh, no, I'm
0: also, He's not sorry. He's not, no, I'm not sorry. He shouldn't be sorry. Like, oh, it offends you. Sorry. It's literally nothing you can say on the internet that won't offend somebody. Is it your job to go around apologizing to everybody who takes what you say as offensive? People get offended by a bunch of nonsense these days. Like, we literally... Come from the descendants of people who fought World War I, World War II, Civil War, all of that other stuff. And now people talk about uh, words of violence. Silence is violence. Like this nonsense that we are fed every day in our society. It's like enough of the apologies. Enough of the apologies. Say what you mean. Stand by what you mean. And if people agree with you, they agree with you. If they disagree with you. They disagree with you. Fine. There are plenty of other content creators out there saying things that he's not saying, and if they don't want to listen to Tate, they can go listen to somebody else.
2: Sorry, that's the point I'm making. I'm sorry if that offends you. However, there's a large contingent of the world that believe that, and
1: I was mediating for a conversation. Parts of the world that believe that about 26 year old women <laughs> are parts of the world where women are not allowed out on their own. That's your. That's a conversation. They have to happened. wear full burqas. Well, that's a conversation. They're not allowed I'm... to drive cars. That's nothing to do with. But is that the kind of world for women <laughs> you? Have I was mediating.
2: A, I was mediating a conversation. No, i am asking you what you think i i don't live in a country where that
1: happens so you're using that as the excuse for why you're not sorry for saying it it's not an excuse is that there are parts of the world where this is fine my friend so my question to you is Well, do you <laughs> think it's fine i don't think it's fine i live in a world where
0: okay now you said i don't think it's fine
1: don't think it's fine my the reason this I... isn't that hard andrew you can simply say beers you know what with the benefit of hindsight i wish i hadn't said it like that and if a 26 year old woman's watching I'm sorry I said that because that actually is blatantly misogynist. And even though that's a view held by other parts of the world, it's not a view I share.
0: If you're a 25-year-old woman who's so offended by Andrew Tate that it bothers you enough that you need an apology, that even though he doesn't even know you, something's much more detrimental going on in your life. Something much more fragile is happening. And it's going to take more than an apology from Andrew Tate to fix it. This right here is just virtue signaling. That's That's all Pierce Morgan is doing. This is virtual sickening. This is not going to solve any problems. This is not going to help anybody. This is not going to bring some young girlfriend to break a suicide or anything of that sort. This is just pure theatrics.
1: Now, I would respect you more if you said that yeah. than if you try and say, well, it's said in other parts of the world, so I'm not sorry. I think you That need... doesn't tell me what you think. Then you need to
2: understand why my content existed in the first place. My content existed because I tried my very hardest to be an absolute and not a realist, especially with uncomfortable truths. Hmm. I was pointing out that very uncomfortable. Is that a truth? Then? It's an uncomfortable truth in many parts of the world. It's not a truth that I'm happy about. It's not a truth oh, hang I on, hang on. No,
1: hang on. You're digging it again. What do you mean that's a truth in other parts of the world? That's what you said. It's not. You're not talking about another part of the world. You're talking about what you believe is the difference between 18 and 90-year-olds and 26-year-olds. I was talking about... It's your belief. I was talking about what the people on the panel believe the difference is. So what do you think the difference is? I think the difference is age. What's the difference, then? Well, a 26-year-old's older than a 19-year-old. And so you stand (laughs) by what you said about talking to the guys, being to the club more times, being after to dump more times. (laughs) Do you believe that or not? No, there's plenty of 26-year-old
2: women who have been with one man or or virgins, of
1: course. So you don't
2: believe that? I don't think that the age is the only thing that's going to decipher how many men and women... So if you with.
1: don't actually believe what
2: you said, just say sorry. It's not about not believing what I'm saying. It's about you understanding that there's large conversations going on. I'm on just reading subject. back stuff you've said. I know and you I'm are.
1: I'm asking you, do you believe it? I believe that it's
2: more likely a 26-year-old's had more partners than a 19-year-old.
0: But. See, what's happening right now is like, if I, women on, if I say women are not as strong as men, Piers Morgan would argue, well, there are some women who are just as strong as men so what you said, you don't believe it. And I'm like, no, on average, that's that's the reality of it. Like, I'm speaking in a generalization. Like, I'm speaking by averages. And, like, you want me to make these exceptions the rule, and the exception is not the rule. And that's what Pierce Morgan is expecting of him.
1: You don't know that. I don't know that. You're right. <laughs> in fact, there could be absolutely no evidence for that whatsoever. I completely agree. So why say it? Why stigmatize all 26-year-old women? We're, it's not about, we're repeating ourselves here.
2: But not really. I'm just trying to get to what you actually believe. I believe that men find youth attractive in general. I believe that in the context of the conversation- 5 year old women aren't old. I agree with you, they're not, especially they're, I'm, I'm old, you're, you know, I'm a lot older than that. Hmm. The point I was making was part of mediating a panel, a conversation between feminists, and some Muslim guys. I get it, okay, I get it. Good. So you, you understand why I uh, said the
1: sentence. But as far as I know, you weren't espousing what a Muslim man might think, you were espousing what you think. I was espousing what the people on the panel believed. But you were saying what you think. Is, is, I, I, I feel like you're trying to pin me down. If and, it's not what you believe, just say, I don't believe that. What part wouldn't I believe? Well, you tell me which part you don't believe. There's the sentence. <laughs> which
0: part would you not say you don't
1: believe.
2: I believe that 25-year-old women perhaps have had, because they've been alive longer, maybe have had more partners, but I don't believe that makes them a bad person. Right. You understand that the way you phrased it makes
1: every 25-year-old I, I understand. feel a bad person?
0: Okay, he just told you what he believed, right? So if, if I'm mistaken about something, if a person said something 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, somebody said something last week, and I'm asking them today what they believe, and they tell me what they believe. Which one should I take? Which one should I take? Should I take what they said last week or a month ago? over what they just said right now. That's the question you got to ask yourself, right? You got to ask yourself that. Uh, no, I don't think so. Of I course act- you do. not stupid,
1: come on. Piers. Andrew, you're not stupid. You know what that sounds like to any 25, 26-year-old woman. Completely. And you're- right? So you have maligned every 25, 26-year-old woman with that statement. And I'm simply asking you to all those who are not of the type of women that you've described it, are you sorry? I don't want anybody <laughs> What?
0: Why is this grown-ass man <laughs> sitting here begging this man to apologize to a bunch of hypothetical women who might be upset with oh, Andrew Tate to following in that category? Like, bro, really? Literally? Seriously? This man's audience is a bunch of young men. It's not a bunch of, like, 25-year-old women. And if it was, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have an audience. Like, why, why, why are we doing this? Why, why, why does the man have to apologize? What, what are you trying to gain? Pierce Morgan is looking to be the one that cracked Andrew Tate. He is trying to put Andrew Tate in such a position where he feel like Andrew Tate is going to backpedal. And then you get that clip that says, look, Andrew uh, Andrew Tate backpedals in front of Pierce Morgan. And, like, it goes viral. He is dead set on getting this outcome.
1: Of the type of women that you've described it, are you sorry?
2: I don't want anybody to be offended by anything I say. I want to be a positive force in the world. I don't want anybody to hear what I say and make them feel bad about themselves. Mm. I want all people to live righteous and good, whether they're
1: male or female.
2: And anybody who's do you a lead friend, a
1: righteous life. I think I do. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. You boasted openly of having six, seven partners at once. So is that righteous? I'm not taking there's a moral view from me. Simply sure. asking you what you think righteous means.
2: I think righteous is living true to your heart and knowing that you're doing good by people, not snaking anybody, not lying to anybody. I know I live a very righteous life.
1: Have you ever been in love? Yeah. <laughs> how many times?
2: Uh, uh, plenty. I believe in love between men and women. A real love, you know, whereas, Yeah, I how believe... How many times would you say? I, I, enough. I believe men and women are a beautiful union. I think we're slightly different, but when we work together, we're the most powerful force in the world. But how many women have you loved? I don't know, Piers. A few. Give me a ballpark. Five, ten, <laughs> twenty? Let's, let's say... You don't forget how many people you've been in love with. Come let's on. say ten. I mean, I've been in love, and I certainly believe that...
0: Men and women, I don't know how old Andrew Tate is. Uh, so I don't know like how long he's been in the dating market. So uh I mean, I, I think like the average person who hasn't been married in for a long time, who's like dated, dated, dated constantly, it's possible that you could be in love three or four times, maybe even more. But um, I would I would hesitate to go 10, uh, depending on the age. Uh, but you know, I, I do think that Andrew Tate should at least know around the ballpark of how many people he's loved.
1: You don't forget how many people you've been in
2: love with. Come let's on. say 10. I mean, I've been in love and I certainly believe that men and women, when they work together, is the most beautiful force on the planet. I believe in family, I believe in children, I believe in... If you believe in family and children <laughs> and love,
1: yeah. why are you single?
2: I'm not single. Well, you're not married, That's what I mean. Well, if I was married, the last thing I would do is advertise it to the feral psychopaths on the internet. So I'm let's... not a feral psychopath. Well, like...
0: You call... But he's on the internet. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh, Pierce! A friend earlier. can be debated, Pierce. But the point, I'm, <laughs> the point, but the point I'm making as a whole is that all of these. Do you want to get married? My point. No, but let's let's please for a you second. You don't, or you do. Let's please for a second because you've interrupted me so many times. I've failed. Well, actually, I've the, only the interrupted answer. you just
1: to be clear when you've actually answered a different question. Cool.
2: Well, then, on all these points, you're and making, you've admitted that. On all these points you're making on repeat, you're making, you're taking these sentences and on repeat, you're using to weaponizing them
1: against me. I'm not weaponizing anything. Okay, it's fine. No, no, you're weaponizing the weaponizing. It doesn't exist. No problem. (laughs) you said to me, come on, bring it on, read out all the things that you think are blatant misogyny. All I've done is literally read out all the things we identified from all the research that I thought were blatantly misogynist and giving you the chance to respond. And the only time I've interrupted you is when you've tried to answer a completely different question. Understood, Pierce. But,
2: but these things were said in large context where often I'm talking about how, for example, on the same podcast where you've read one of them sentences from, I was talking about how it's a man's duty to die by a woman. And the guy asked me, he said, if 10, me- if 10 men with knives attacked your woman, wouldn't you just? I said, yeah, I'd stand and die. I'd never just run away because I have a duty as a man. I must, I must die on the spot to protect her honor and my honor. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a man.
0: Yeah, I want to know what the feminist response is to that. Do feminists believe that women have an obligation to die and put their lives at risk to protect their man? I wonder if they would argue that. Uh, But then again, these days, there are some radical feminists who just think that men are worthless altogether. You know what I mean? Loving people and being in love with people are different things, though. A person can only conceive something to the extreme of what they have experienced so the concept of true love changes. Yeah, true, you know? You might think you're in love, but you kind of find out that wasn't nothing. Man having responsibility
2: to his duties. I'm talking about the old traditional ways of masculinity. And what happens is a few sentences from such a long conversation is taken and used against. Me. I understand that. So, the, so I want you to understand that I'm talking about protecting and providing for women. I'm talking about yeah. a man making sure Do you sure want to get woman... married? No, but this is But we have to, we house all feed into each other, peers. I'm talking about protecting. It's protect... not a hard question. No, but what I'm talking about protecting and providing for a woman. I'm talking about a man being responsible for her safety. I understand. So of course I believe in men and women. Of course I believe in love. Of course I believe in marriage. Of course I believe in family. No, but the that idea that friend. I don't believe in <laughs> Andrew, the idea that I don't believe in these things I is. I didn't crazy. ask you if you believed in it. I asked you if you're going to get married. One day, absolutely. You'd like to. If I'm not married already, I would I will be married one day. If I'm not. Well, you, you might be secretly married. <laughs> I, I could be married, correct.
1: Why would you not tell me either
2: way? <laughs> Why would I advertise to the feral psychopaths of the world who have tried their very best to destroy me for an opinion? about my private life and the things that are most sacred to me. Why what do you think? Do if that? you said you were married, everyone would hate you. I don't know about people hate me. It's about me understanding that I'm a hard target, but I am very, very protective of the people I care about. Right.
1: But you believe in the
2: concept.
0: Okay. So about this whole marriage thing. All right. Agitate is making the claim that if he tells people that he's married, then the person that he's married to could become a potential target. We also don't know if he is married. If that person wants to be involved in the controversies or want to be sought out or any of that. Right. That's the question. Right. I'm married and my wife doesn't like the spotlight. She doesn't want to be on camera. She doesn't want any of that. She's not that type of person. Hell, me and my wife disagree about almost everything when it comes to politics. Right. That's just our situation and circumstance. I would never want somebody to attack her based on something I said. Right. That's believable. Right. I mean, I don't. I respect his personal choice to say I'm not going to say one way or the other. I don't. I don't know how much of an impact it would have if he did say it. So I'm, I'm not really in a position to care one way or the other. But, you know, he does say that he believes in marriage and that he's not against marriage. So, I mean, I guess that's the best you can get. Except to marry.
2: Completely. That's what we were talking about the whole time. What do you think? I mean, we talked about a man giving a woman away. Okay. I believe in marriage more than anybody. In fact, problem... I believe in marriage. In, no, please. <laughs> okay. I believe in marriage in the traditional sense. I believe a man has a duty to stand up and be a real man. I believe that the problem with the world today that we are facing is that not enough men are sticking to the age-old ways of masculinity. Mm-hmm. I believe that me standing up and saying a man must protect a woman and provide for her means <laughs> to make sure that she's safe. He needs a degree of authority to protect her. I have no her. problem
1: with... No, but, no you, but people do have a problem with it. I'm, and that's, I'm not, the, sorry, and that's the world we're in now. Andrew, I'm over here. Sure. I don't have a problem with what you just said. Here's where my problem comes, right? There are a lot of clips of you floating around on the internet, as you know.
0: Andrew Tate is constantly having to defend the fact that people took clips of him. You you, you would think that because Pierce Morgan made the comment that he went and did his due diligence and he watched hours of his content. You would think that he would avoid the, the clips and focus in on the context and that would be a better way to disprove what Andrew Tate has done. To say, Aaron, you was on this panel. You was having a discussion with these people about this particular subject. Certain points was raised. And then in your response, you made this point. Can you defend this? He would be better off doing that if he actually did do his due diligence, as he said. But he keeps referring to clips. He keeps referring to clips. And you're asking this man to defend something that is supposed to belong in a certain context. And the moment he tries to explain the context to you, you accuse him of running away from the actual question. I I I, I just I don't see how you win against
1: this. Here's where my problem comes, right? There are a lot of clips of you floating around on the internet, as you know. One of them has you saying, bang out the machete, mm-hmm. boom in her face, grip her by the neck, shut up, bitch. In another, you say <laughs> slap, slap, grab, choke, shut up, bitch, sex. When people see those clips and hear you say those things. I agree. Well, I don't think that, it's not hard to misunderstand it. It is. You might say that it's consensual. Other people would say, whether it's consensual or not, that's a very ugly way to talk about women. Completely.
0: Bro, if, if it's consensual, bro, don't we live in a society where everybody's talking about consent, consent, consent? And he's explaining the consensual situation that he might be in or going through or whatever. I mean, like, goddamn, damn, what do you want? What do you want? Like, bro, we can't talk about anything that might be a little controversial because I might have to take the whole weight of the world on my shoulders because somebody might clip out a certain segment and give it to somebody else. It's like, come on, man, Pierce. Come on, bro. Now let's Hitting watch... them with machetes. No, watch the whole video.
2: It's a girl coming at me with a machete and me saying, here, slap the machete out of her hand. She's attacking me. So you don't understand. This is the exact point. I do <laughs> no, people don't watch them in full. And this is actually what's interesting. And please don't interrupt me on this point. Social media has changed in modern times. YouTube five years ago was five, six, seven, eight minute long videos. Mm. Now we have TikTok, 10 seconds,
0: 15 seconds. Y'all make sure y'all hit that like button. Make sure y'all hit that like button if y'all in here. Sometimes I'll be having a bunch of people in the live chat and I'll be having three, four likes. So make sure y'all hit the like button. It's 20
2: seconds. YouTube shorts, Instagram stories. Now anything you produce as long form is cut down to very, very short form. They're interested in clicks, they're interested in engagement. They, find the, most con- from they find the most controversial clips they can and Andrew, on purpose. You benefited from all that. Everybody benefits from social media views, your, as do
1: you. Your, <laughs> was it the Hustler? What is it? I called? had an online school called Hustlers University. Right. And their whole job was to promote your clips, make had, you rich and famous. So you've benefited from this system, the one you now profess to hate. you benefited from it. I all never that. said I hate it.
0: He never said he hated it. It's like Pierce Morgan is adding words into it. It's like, yo, look, the the internet is the internet. It's a beast of its own making, right? What's going to happen is going to happen. But at the same time, I, as a content creator, should never be responsible for other people taking me out of context. It's like, if you want to take me seriously, watch all of my content. Like I get people who come on my show and curse me out because they saw a small snippet of something I said and think I'm the dumbest person in the world. I got a low IQ. I've seen all kinds of comments, but they don't engage with majority of my content. So they don't necessarily really know what the hell they're talking about. I don't take it personal. I don't take it as these are people that I have to please because I understand those are not that those are not my real audience. Those are not people who are really dedicating time to understand me and taking me as good faith actors. So you just got to accept that for what it is. Why in the world and why in the hell is this man keep trying to get Andrew Tate to apologize to a bunch of people that don't matter? They don't matter. Oh, and if they if they have a problem so much with what Andrew Tate is saying, they can watch you, Pierce Morgan. That's the beauty and the freedom of the internet.
1: Hustlers University. Right. And their whole job was to promote your clips, make ha- you rich and famous. So you've benefited from this system, the one you now profess to hate. you benefited from it I Morgan. never said I hate it. You clit baited like
2: the best of them. I never said I hated it. I'm saying what happened. I don't hate it. I don't hate social media. I think it's a very powerful force. I don't hate the social media. I'm saying the point is, I think
1: you can talk. Look, you can talk to girlfriends of yours, um, maybe a secret wife. I don't know. It's entirely up to you. Or two. Or two. Maybe (laughs) you've got 10 wives. That's your business. I don't care. My only thing is, I don't care what you do in private. If if it's consensual between you and another woman, you can do what you like, right? It's your life. I believe in freedom and, and liberty. It's when you it in public, it's the influence that this kind of thing has on young men. Agreed. Right? And I speak to someone with three sons, right? It's who are, by the way, they're intrigued by you. They're fascinated, right? You're a, you're a big thing in that world of TikTok and so on. So they all are aware of you and what you say. So they're all looking. And when they see things like the machete thing, I get the context because I'm a 57-year-old guy it has been around the block a bit and I can get what you said and you responding to a particular scenario, which you'd created where a woman.
0: So you want, he won't agitate to make like three, four different types of uh, videos on the same subject, but addressed to certain different types of art to audiences. So he should make a video for a 56 year old guy, He should make a video for a 30 year old guy, a video for a 20 year old guy and a video maybe for a 14, 15 year old. Just to make sure that everybody gets the the right wording and the right context based on it. So nobody can ever take him the wrong way because this is literally impossible to achieve and to accomplish. They're asking this man to do the
1: impossible to a particular scenario which you'd created where a woman... But it can be misunderstood. I understand. So my point to you is, given that you know it can be misunderstood, do you regret saying things like this on camera where it can be disseminated by less intelligent young males who think that is actually what they should be doing to women? And finally, we get to the
2: point of the issue, which is the point I tried to make at the very beginning. When I made a video before I was famous that got 500 views, me being concerned that 1% of people will misunderstand it was not relevant. Where you you start getting 5 million views a video, 50 million views a video, 1% of people misunderstanding it. It doesn't change it, what becomes a, no, it doesn't. But it becomes a much larger problem. I understand. So with great
0: fame That's true. comes
2: great responsibility. Right. So, I agree. Would I
0: Yeah, you can't even really account for something like that, right? If you if you're a content creator and you're getting a few thousand people or 500 people watching your videos and then you wake up tomorrow and next thing you know 500 million or 5 billion people are seeing your content. First of all, it's like you're geared, you're, you're you're trained a certain way to respond. You probably know people personally. you know their behaviors. Like I know a lot of y'all by name, and I'm probably talking to y'all based on conversations we had before. y'all pretty much know my personality. so I probably can speak a certain way with y'all. And then if five billion people or five hundred million people show up to my content tomorrow, then a lot of them are not getting the context of my personality, past conversations that I've had. It's a it's a very hard thing to do. And then to make the adjustments on the proper way to say everything to reach the, the right amount of people without being taken the wrong way. That's something you have to learn over time if you ever learn it at all, because we see famous people who've had millions of followers for years and decades still make big mistakes now that i'm famous do i say
2: things the same way as i did back before i was famous absolutely not right as neither would you or nearly any other famous person on the planet once you become famous you have to be a lot more careful with how you say things
1: i understand so my logical follow-up to that remains do you regret then saying it the way you said it? I can't live in
2: regret by saying something before I was famous on a camera which barely anybody watched, and then I became famous afterwards. That would be a very asinine way to view the world. Do I you can't stand, live in
1: Do you I, stand by all those things? I can't live
2: in regret because I didn't know I was going to become the most famous man on the planet. So that that, <laughs> that regret would be the wrong word. Is it on is it inconvenient? Sure. But I can't sit here and say, I wish I knew six years ago I'd be the most famous man on the planet and monitored all of my speech forever. That's asinine. Yeah. You see, but one
1: of the problems that people have with you.
0: Is <laughs> Piers Morgan, everybody, the 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 hero of the common man.
1: They think you have a malevolent influence on young people. This was the excuse that was put out by the big tech companies. Excuse, oh, excuse being the key word. Well, it may be actually. You know, I, I, I intrinsically I have a problem with censorship. I don't think Donald Trump should be banned from Twitter, for example, because the Ayatollah of Iran remains on Twitter and other social media platforms. And whatever I think mm-hmm. of you, you're not the Ayatollah of Iran. Right? So, there's co- there's a to me, there's got to be perspective here.
0: And we know what happens once you apologize. It's not like they're going to forgive you and forget. That's not going to happen. If this man apologized for every single thing right now, you think they're going to let him back on social media and everybody who disliked him before is going to automatically like him? He has nothing to gain from this. This is like... It's it's so foolish. It's so like childish to address this man in this way expecting a different outcome because it... it you're basically asking this man to commit, like, his uh, image suicide for no reason at all.
1: And I don't understand the inconsistency by what companies like Twitter, how they treat the the leader of Iran mm-hmm. and someone like you. It seems to me they're much more draconian on people like you yeah. than they are with people who perhaps should not be allowed platforms. Yeah. Um. But generally, I don't really agree with no platforming people. Yep. But I think what's mm-hmm. interesting
0: talking to you
1: is it seems to me like you have gone on a bit right. of a journey of self-awareness about exactly. the impact of some of the stuff you apologies. said in the
0: past, and you have said you the would... The apology is an admission of guilt. And then they're going to say, see, he is guilty. See, he is a misogynist. See, he is all of those things. He knew exactly what he was doing. Problem not solved. Problem much worse.
1: Wouldn't say it again in the same way. Now, you may not want to express regret for that, but it shows me that the very least you have evolved to somebody who recognizes that these can be quite damaging in the way that you said them. Completely. As a professional and as an adult,
2: it would be stupid for me to sit here and say that now that I'm the most famous man on the planet, my words do not have more impact than they did before. With impact, with power comes responsibility, and things need to be worded in a very careful way. Now, when I do a long-format interview, I have to sit there and consciously understand that any ten seconds of that can be cut and used against me, so I have to be a lot more careful with how I say my words and how I construct my sentences of course we agree with all of that that's exactly what's happened to me i agree with all of that i don't want to be seen as a negative influence in the world i know that there's a whole bunch of men i get thousands of emails a week from men whose lives i've saved i get thousands of emails a week from men who are on the verge of suicide and i've saved their lives we're talking about and by the way
1: i don't dispute that at all You, you have almost certainly i would think from everything i've read about you i think you have certainly been probably able to be very helpful to young men who have really struggled for self-confidence and all that kind of thing. I'm completely prepared to accept that. But there was also, I think, quite a disturbing piece that BuzzFeed did. And it talked about the the negative impact of young, impressionable male minds when they've read or seen some of the more inflammatory things you've said. And they quoted, for example, Sandy, uh, 22, from Washington. My father's gone from a man who minored in women's studies in college, who was kind and in touch with his emotions, treated all people, men and women around him with kindness to a man who says that whenever he sees an effeminate male stranger, he gets an overwhelming urge to murder them. He loves podcasts. He listens to a lot of podcasts. I know he's listening <laughs> to
0: Andrew <laughs> Bro, I swear to you, Andrew Tate is looking at the camera. <laughs> Tate is looking at the camera laughing right now. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, how in the hell is this coming up in this interview? <laughs> Andrew Tate is like, what in the fuck? <laughs> Look at his face right now, right? <laughs> now watch this.
1: Filming urge to murder. Loves podcasts. Listen-
0: <laughs> First, is like, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: There's a lot of podcasts. I know he's listening to Andrew Tate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's stop for a second. Let's be what
2: professional here because you're a professional. As- yeah. guy. Firstly, she said, did you say that my father went? She said, my father has a uh, father. That's a full-grown man, <laughs> firstly. So we're talking about my impact on children. You just talked about a full-grown man here. Secondly, I've never talked about murdering effeminate men in anything online ever, on, in any context ever. So I don't know why they have taken some random person I've never met in the world who's full-grown, an adult, and come <laughs> to their own conclusions who I've never met and lumped his name in with mine. That is absolutely unfair on every level. I didn't watch I didn't read this what BuzzFeed. I didn't read this BuzzFeed article, hmm. but after hearing the first point, I know it's trash. That is complete garbage. What to is sit this, and say what that is that I'm view? the reason
1: this man believes what he
2: believes. I have seen disgusting. a
1: quote from you, and you can tell me what you feel about this. Sure. But you talk about people don't want to see men dressed up in dress, I like transgender. That's people. not exactly what I said, what, I said did you, what did you say? I said the reason I am so popular and I'm so famous
2: is that there's a large contingent of men who don't want to wear makeup. Who still want to make money go to the gym be strong drive a fast car be traditionally masculine and don't want to be shamed for that and they don't want to be called toxic for that that is the reason i'm so massively famous that is what i said what do you
1: think of transgender people that's nothing to
2: do with me i'm not transgender and i don't
0: that goes back to what i was saying earlier there's a massive hole that needs to be filled a massive void and Andrew tate somebody like Andrew tate doesn't get successful unless he can uh, actually tap into that so it's not his fault that there is a group of young men out there who feel as if they're being neglected or left behind, who he resonates with. You know, if, if these young men were feeling like their needs and their wants or their desires have been addressed, then he, he wouldn't have any power in this arena. So, like, that definitely goes back to what I was saying earlier.
2: He's and I'm so massively famous. That is what I said. What do you think of transgender people? That's uh, nothing to do with me. I'm not transgender and I don't understand the issue like they do. They are can do are do you transphobic? They-
1: do, you, are, do you consider yourself that?
0: What? You know, they auto- see it used to be where a feminine guy was just a gay dude. Now, if you're feminine as a guy, then you automatically must be transgender and it automatically goes into the transgender category. Right. So they've already attacked this man on being like hom- uh, being uh misogynist. Now they want to attack or now they're trying to paint him out to be some kind of transphobic. Person, which I don't agree with the term transphobia because phobia is a fear, and I, I highly doubt that many people are afraid of transgender people. Issue like
1: they do. They are you transphobic? Do you transphobic? They... Do you, you, do you consider
2: yourself that transphobic? What afraid? Uh,
0: well, it kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: phobia?
1: live in I don't live in fear, my friend. I and I have no. <laughs> you <problem> have <laughs> a dislike of transgender people. I don't know any transgender people. Do uh, You have a dislike of what they stand for, what they are. No. Why would I? I don't. I, know. That's what not my be. issue.
2: That's not my issue, and that's actually quite interesting because when I was attacked. A lot of these stupid articles, like Buzzfeed, because it's ridiculous. That whole that first point proves anyone with a brain knows that that's garbage. Mm. When they attacked me, they lump a whole bunch of things in together. They say misogynistic, racist, transphobic. They just put them all together at random. No, I'm mixed race. By the I, way, I don't know where they get these. They just get these buzzwords Andrew, and put them in, Andrew, in, a, in a sentence. By the way,
1: I completely agree. It's and crazy, I've had, and I've had the same thing done to me. Okay, and I'm not go, calling then. you anything. I'm asking you what you personally believe you are. I. It's not an issue I discuss. What I do discuss is so that- you support transgender people. I, I
2: support-
0: Bro, see, they, they confuse supporting transgender people with either you support transgender people or you're transphobia. It doesn't have to be one or the other, right? You can be neutral. You can have not one care in the world or even think about transgender people at all. You don't have to support any group or support any movement in, in, in order to be for it or to be not against it. And I hate the fact that so many people think that if you're not supporting something, you must be anti. Not at all. Not one iota. It's not an issue I discuss.
2: What I do discuss is so that... you support transgender people? I, I support individual liberty. I'm a libertarian. Yeah, so you support transgender people? Sure. Sure. Why not? Well, exactly, I, yeah. So, But my point is, as a whole, you're saying that I'm saying I don't want to see men in dresses. I'm saying no. I'm you saying support that, gay people? Sure. Yeah. I, I'm I'm saying there's a large contingent of men in the
0: world. Bro, I don't do you support this? Do you support that? It's like, bro, I support my message. I support my audience and what I'm trying to achieve. Everybody has their own cause or their own reasons to support. That's fine. Do them. I don't have to support anybody. Like, that's not my whole thing. It's like, bro, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. If you're a grown person, you're doing what you're doing, do you? Like, like some people take uh, uh some people don't like transgender people altogether. All right. That's their prerogative. I personally think grown people can do whatever they want to do. If you want to marry two people, if you want to sleep with a person of the same sex, if you want to marry a person, of same sex, if you want to dress like a, a woman and you're a guy or whatever, however you want to slice and dice it, that's 100 percent you. Right. I only draw the line is when you start trying to force kids to adhere to a certain ideology or make them behave a certain way that might be against the, their their natural way of being. That's the only thing that I care about. But I don't have to support any cause one way or the other. Like, I personally want as many Americans as possible to be happy. I really do. And if you being transgender, gay or whatever makes you happy, go for it. Just don't try to force your way of life on other people's kids. I wouldn't force me. I wouldn't force conservatism on somebody else's kid. I wouldn't force my way of viewing the world on somebody else's kid. I would let them raise their kids how they so choose fit as long as they're not abusive, as long as they're not hurting their children. In our society, we don't accept that. But other than that, go for it. Who like the
2: idea of the traditional masculine view of the world, who feel happy when they watch 80s action heroes with big muscles and they run around. And there's nothing toxically masculine about having a fast car and a beautiful girlfriend and making a bunch of money and nothing being, at and, all. Absolutely, and those are the people who are my fans. I and agree. I'm, and but, I'm actually, saying, but the problem is, okay, I'm going to interrupt you <laughs> just to say this. No, okay. no, okay, but this you're saying that I have a problem with men in dresses. I'm saying no. The people who watch my I'm content. I answered that question. You've answered. Yeah, but the people who watch my content don't want to see men in dresses. Clearly, I don't wear a dress. That's
1: the point. That's not I'm making. Why they're watching your content? No, because you're not wearing a dress. No,
2: but that's the <laughs> point I'm making. That's the point I was making. There's a large contingent of men who are not interested in the things that perhaps the YouTube algorithm is trying to feed them. I think there and
1: are lots of... Look, when you support masculinity and masculine traits, I'm with you, right? Okay, so you agree a man should protect
2: and provide for a woman? Uh, absolutely. Okay, so you agree if you were walking down the street with a woman, you'd be you'd be responsible with her safety? Uh, yeah. Cool, absolutely. So if that woman wanted to walk alone... I don't 90, think I have
1: authority over the woman right. as we do that. Okay, so <laughs> let me ask you another
2: question, Piers, because we are professionals. Let's say your woman decided she wanted to take a nice little walk through the South Side of Chicago at mm. 2 a.m. And she wanted you to go with her. Like Juicy Smoulier. (laughs) You were responsible for fighting and dying on the spot if she was attacked. Mm. Don't you think you would say to her, no, we're not going out right now. It's not safe. Yes. Okay, so you would have authority to make the decision. No, I wouldn't.
0: (laughs) That was funny right there, right? (laughs) For like 40 minutes of this conversation, they've been arguing over this whole authority thing. And, like, it seems like it's the way back into the conversation.
2: <laughs> going out right now, it's not safe. Yes. Okay, so you'd have authority to make the decision. So no, I wouldn't. So <laughs> we would say, so I don't agree. think
1: you should. If she decides to, it's her own volition. Well, if she decides, you're not going to stop her. I have her, no power to stop her. Completely.
2: But you think you do. No, I don't think I have power you to stop her. You clearly do. No, I think I have power to make the decision. I think, no, that's not sensible. So if you have the
1: power to make the decision, you have the power to stop her. Uh, no, because... that's you- where we differ. That's why I think it's interesting about you. I don't think you really think through what you're saying. I think through what I'm saying because what, so carefully. Yeah, but Andrew, Piers, what you literally just said is that you have the power to stop No, her. I said I
2: don't have the power to stop <laughs> her. I'm not going to lock her in the room.
0: Yeah, like, he literally is hearing, like, Pierce Morgan is hearing exactly what the fuck he wants to hear on this. Like, I swear to you, like, he, he is like, I'm saying one thing. It goes to his brain. It does whatever it does, go through whatever filters, and then it comes out of his mouth in exactly the way he heard it.
2: Is that you have the power to stop? No, her. I said I don't have the power to stop her. I'm not going to lock her in the room. I'm saying that. So as she a, wants to go on her own, then she's going to go. Then, but does don't as a co- have authority to stop. Okay, her. Okay, but as a couple, if we're going to sit there and decide if we're going to take this, you asked me,
1: do you a, would I feel a sense of responsibility for her safety? Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. So, so let I me finish, Piers.
2: Would have the power or authority to stop her doing it? No. No, of course not. So let me finish, Piers. You're not going to stop her walking out the hotel. Of course, it's her decision. She's a sovereign individual. Mm. My point is that usually in a couple people have you'd sit there as a team and you discuss and perhaps on certain issues the woman will know more about x and she'll decide x and the man might know more about y and he'll decide mm. Y. so i'm saying if we're as a couple and we're sitting there and deciding as a couple as a team and she says she wants to take this late night stroll i'm gonna say you know what i'm gonna veto this one i'm gonna call veto do you believe on, in... it's dangerous right. which two degree would give me in that particular scenario a degree of authority if she said i don't want to listen to you andrew, it doesn't give you authority I, she says i don't want to listen to you andrew i want to go on that walk
0: then what can I do? So, well, then I, then you I don't hope, have authority. I, then I hope I wish you the best. So, what Pierce Morgan is saying, like I used the analogy earlier, if you go to work and your boss, who has authority over you, tells you that he wants you to clean the toilets with a toothbrush, and you decide that you don't want to do it and you're not going to do it, that doesn't mean that the boss doesn't have authority over you. He still has authority over you. That doesn't mean you have to listen to everything he says. So, you can have a level of authority over somebody without forcing them to do something. You, Andrew, I want to go on that walk.
2: Then what can I do? Say, well then I then you I don't hope, have authority. I,
0: then I hope I wish you the best. I mean, my
1: love then you don't have authority. Cool. Then it's a semantic argument. Not really. I think it it's is it's the complete opposite of what you said you have, which no. is
2: authority. No problem, Pierce. No problem. But I think I think Let me we actually ask you agree.
1: about what what do you believe about depression?
2: Do you believe depression is a real thing? I believe that feeling depressed is real. I don't believe
0: now Piers Morgan said that at some point they were gonna get to the stuff they agree on. I don't think he's gotten to anything
2: that they agree on yet. Depression as a clinical disease is real now. Really? Correct. You don't
1: believe people can be clinically depressed? I
2: think PTSD is very real. I've Unfortunately, I have some friends who suffer from that. Mm. I know that feeling depressed is real. I believe that the number one power you have against these things are taking, trying to take control of your own mind and affecting your own life. I believe that it's not healthy to hand over all your power and believe that depression is an outside disease that you can't affect. I know that when I've had difficult periods in my life, and also many of my friends, like I've said, suffered from PTSD and been through terrible things, I've lived a very difficult life and I know people who have, that the things that made them feel better is when they woke up and said, you know what? I'm not going to allow this to damage me anymore. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight this as hard as I can. Right, and by
1: the way, on that, I agree. So we agree. (laughs) My favorite speech is the Rocky Balboa one. Okay, so then we agree. The red one. No, we didn't. Here's where we don't agree. (sighs) Pierce. You don't. (laughs) You've got to let me interject when I don't agree with you. right? Where I don't agree with you is that there's no such thing as clinical depression? There absolutely is. Well, it's a proven scientific medical reality. There's a different argument about have we gone a bit too soft, right, in yeah. the schools and yeah. all the rest of it? Absolutely. Do yeah. well, I think some people moan and whine too much about their lot in life? Definitely. Okay. Are we a victimhood society? One hundred percent. Okay. Is there such a thing as clinical depression? Absolutely. So and, so, and my argument is that if you actually bracket everybody who's not clinically depressed and doesn't have the genuine medical condition, then actually if millions of people are deemed to have depression, the ones who really need the help don't get it.
0: You know it's weird about this whole uh, mental health situation, right? I do believe, like, I was locked up, and right? And I spent a, a considerable amount of time around people who suffer from, like, a lot of mental disorders. People who had schizo, uh, schizophrenic uh, episodes, people who were autistic, people who had uh, ADHD, all kinds of different mental um, problems, right? I've seen it all. I've seen guys knock their own teeth out, guys who see things and interact with something that the rest of us can't see. I've seen a lot of it, right? And, you know, the thing about mental health is a lot of times they are still either trying to figure out what causes certain mental health um, diseases or how to fix or cure certain diseases. As far as depression goes, you know, they used to consider certain like uh, uh, transgenderism, they used to consider that to be like a level of like mental health, right? And then they turn around and said, no, it's not. Um, some, there, there's a, a large group of people who are walking around who want to have a mental disorder. There are a lot of people who self-diagnose themselves and say they're suffering from depression, anxiety, and they've never been clinically, um, you know, diagnosed with any of these things. I think the best approach is, I think, and this is where I might disagree with Andrew Tate, like, I think that there are people who are suffering from some types of depression that they can't get themselves out of because of something mentally going on in them. But there are a large swath of people who are only suffering from depression because they believe they are. There are people who accept the fact that they are going through depression when they're actually not. They're self-diagnosing themselves. And I think what Andrew Tate is probably trying to address are all of these millions of people who self-diagnose themselves with some kind of disease that they're not actually going through. And he's saying, no, all you have to do is really just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, apply yourself, and overcome this. Don't stop, stop accepting or talking yourself into having something that you don't have.
2: Well, that's my point. Well, that can that that I would agree with. You're right. I think it's certainly an overused term.
0: But you There
1: is such a thing as clinical depression.
2: No, I don't. Because... And that, to me, is a damaging view. Okay. Well, let me explain why. If someone comes to me and says, I'm clinically depressed mm-hmm. or I feel very, very sad, I would say the first thing you need to do is stop accepting the identity of a clinically depressed person. Stop accepting you have no control over this. And what you need to do is stop identifying that way and let's work together to try and fight but against there it. There isn't an
1: eminent doctor in the world who would tell you there is no such thing as clinical depression. Who would not tell you that I some think, people... I think Johan, Johan Hari wrote a book saying exactly that, my friend.
2: He's, but he's not an eminent doctor. No, but he, he's I, a journalist. I, I said depression wasn't real long ago and was attacked for it. Then Johan Hari wrote a book, which What's actually... What's he going
1: to do with Johan Hari? Because
2: he wrote a book proving me right. Most people... Johan Hari is a journalist. Sure. And and my point is that a lot of people who are...
0: Here's the thing, though. A lot of... See, this whole medical industry, the whole pharmaceutical industry, they benefit by diagnosing, treating, and giving people medication, right? I'm not arguing that there aren't people who suffer from real mental health disorders. There are people who are really suffering, but there is a massive amount of people who are just claiming mental health disorders. They don't have a clinical... Uh, diagnosis. They don't have any of that. So it's like spreading. It's like it, it's become cool to identify with some kind of uh mental disorder. And it's becoming like a cancer that's spreading amongst the population. Right. And I think the 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 difference here is I, I really do believe that Andrew Tate is talking about people who are accepting something that they are really not going through. And The best way to know if you're actually suffering through something is either A, get a mental diagnosis, or B, actually apply yourself and see how you feel afterwards. Pick yourself up, change your mindset, and see how you feel afterwards. If you're trying to do that and everything is still not working out, then you actually need to see uh, somebody who's certified to actually diagnose you and see if you're actually going through that. But at the same time, these people get paid for that. These people make big, big money by making sure that they're treating people and giving people drugs. They give young people drugs like crazy these days, and it's it's sickening and it's, and it's sad.
2: Who are clinically depressed are suffering with something in their life. And if you fix the problem in their life, perhaps
1: they won't feel depressed anymore. No, but, that's not a disease. Yeah, but, Andrew. That's you're situational. What, Andrew, you're simply wrong. If that's what you believe, Piers. That's it's what not, I believe. I don't believe in things that take power away There from is him. not an eminent doctor
2: in the world Pierce, that would agree with you. Piers, you I, think you know more than doctors? I can't become clinically depressed. Why do you know? Because I don't believe in it. I can't be haunted by a ghost if I don't
1: believe in ghosts. Well, that's like saying I'm never going to die because I don't believe in it. It's ridiculous.
2: Perhaps, but if it allows me to live <laughs> a life where I feel happy but and myself...
1: You again, this is that little area where it's, you lose me. No, I don't lose you. You are because, because, because Pierce, somebody with your Pierce, following, says the thousands no so of people,
2: thing. the thousands of people who have emailed me saying my doctor told me I was clinically depressed and it's a disease that I have got in my brain and I can't be fixed. And I started listening to you and I realized that that's not the case and I can fix my own life. And you're the only person who has ever
1: helped me. Oh, Andrew. Thousands
2: of people have emailed. Andrew. Tell me, if that you exact think, email.
1: If you think you are single handedly curing people of clinical depression, you are okay.
0: A, th- a few things could be true here. There could be people who were diagnosed as clinically depressed, and they wasn't. Doctors, believe it or not, misdiagnose people. There is a range of different diagnoses that you can get depending on your behavior and how you describe you. And, and, and like, literally, if you have a certain level of different behaviors or certain things you're going through, you could be classified as a and if you just have one or two things different, you can be classified as B. There are misdiagnoses all the time, right? Now, on the other hand, those people may have been misdiagnosed and didn't know it and then discovered it by, you know, applying themselves or following Andrew Tate or whatever the case may be. But there are people who are clinically, clinically depressed. There are people who are truly clinically depressed. And... I would never get into this whole area because, like I said, there are people who will get paid to do this. But at the same time, there's a big incentive on big pharma to make sure that a lot of people are taking drugs. And you have to deal with that fact. While
1: living in cloud cuckoo I am reading the emails of people who I have cured of clinical depression.
0: You're reading emails
1: from people who have believed you when you say there isn't such a thing. And they've probably never been diagnosed clinical depression. They just want to go along with what Andrew Tate says. I don't think so. And I think your view of that is that View is dangerous. I, I, I respect that you think my view is dangerous,
2: and I respect you have the right to view that, mm. to think that. I think that clinical depression, I actually agree with you, is massively overdiagnosed. I've already said that PTSD is a very real thing. I've already said. I that. didn't. So oh, hang on. Okay. Again, you're misquoting
1: me. I, I did not say clinical depression is massively overdiagnosed. I said that people who claim to be depressed but don't have clinical depression, I think that is massively overblown. Right? In other words, there are a lot of people who just have a bad day yeah. and declare, I've got depression. Yeah. And I, I say, well, have you been to a doctor? Have you been clinically diagnosed? If you have and you have clinical depression, that's one thing. But if you haven't, we could probably work on some mental strength and resilience skills with you. But a, a clinically depressed person has a, an absolutely proven medical condition that is beyond their control. Not according to me and many others, my friend. Well, what do you know about it, honestly? I know... <laughs>
0: All right, this is why I would never get involved in this type of stuff, right? It's not that I don't have my own opinions or thoughts about it. It's just because uh I don't get paid to do that. And, and honestly, it's like I never want to put myself in a position to where I'm telling somebody something that could really be harmful and not harmful. I don't I don't know, but like at the end of the day, there are certain territories that I think as content creators we should never delve into. And I, I just think that mental health is one of those things that I would stay away from um, unless I'm trained in the whole art of mental health. And I know for a fact that a lot of these people are not suffering from what they're suffering through. Then I would speak on it. But I, I think that Andrew Tate has a good a good niche. And I think his niche works without touching on the actual actual mental health part of it. He could say, oh, you're you, you say you're depressed, you're going through this or whatever. Let me help you with some tools that help me. And if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, seek help from a medical professional. Or do both at the same time. It's not either or. But at the same time, it's like, eh, I mean, I don't know. Not according to me and many others, my friend.
1: Well, what do you know about it, honestly? I know, I know. You're not from... a doctor. are you not trained, are you? I'm not a doctor. You're not a psychiatrist. You're none of those things. Uh, sure. You're a guy on the mate, yeah. He's <laughs> done very well for himself, spouting stuff off, much of which I agree with, as you've seen in the interview. Uh, Mm -hmm. but some of which is ludicrous, and that's one of them. It's not ludicrous. It is. It's not. If you said to me, we're in a victim whose society has got to stop, I'm with you. Okay. At the moment you try and deny clinical depression. I Mm. believe
2: feeling depressed Mm. is real. I do not believe it's a disease that you catch from the sky and you cannot affect. I believe that no matter what happens, I believe you have control of your own mind and you can fight against it. I believe if you change your circumstances in your life, you may feel different. I'll give you a quick example. I had a guy who emailed me saying he was clinical.
0: Yeah, we have to get off of this idea that medication is always the fix or medication is the only fix to something. And a lot of people believe this. And I, I think even psychiatrists and people who do therapy and stuff like that, they will probably never tell you that medication is the only solution. Uh, some people might need medication but depending on what kind of mental health they have, but it, it's it's crazy the amount of money that these people are making off of, the, um, off of diagnosis and like medication and stuff like that. So one has to question, one has to be very skeptical of like, are they diagnosing me because I'm actually going through this, or are they diagnosing me because I actually uh, they just want to get paid? Now, with any medical condition, you should always seek more than one opinion. You should always seek multiple, like two or three opinions, to make sure. See what other opinions are saying before you just go with one person.
2: Be depressed and he's going to kill himself. I obviously am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I told him. Because I replied to my emails. I said, have you been to a psychiatrist? He said, yes, I'm clinically depressed. I've been on these pills this amount of time. I've been on antidepressants. It Mm. doesn't work. I said, I don't know what to say to you besides this. And he said he lost his girlfriend. That's why I became clinically depressed. I said, listen, go to the gym, get a six-pack first. Once you've got a six-pack, email me again. If you still feel like killing yourself, I don't know what else to say to you. But I'd say strong body is a strong mind. Go train. He went. He started sending me progress pictures, emailing me, him getting in better, better shape, and eventually got a six-pack. He's now a professional bodybuilder. And he said, I can't believe I was considering that. I feel so much better, et cetera. The doctor was telling him he was clinically depressed and couldn't cure it. He started taking control of his own life and now he felt better. Have you now, I'm it? not saying it's the case for everybody. No, no. I'm just saying. That's my question, though. I- I'm Have just... you seen the guy's medical
1: records? Of course not. I just told you this. You're just (laughs) taking his word for it.
2: I am taking the word of a man who emailed me with a bunch of medication and specific. You're denying
1: proven science because one guy writes to you who you help, and you've not seen any evidence he ever had clinical depression diagnosed. I'm denying the idea that. And on the back of it, you go on your your, you know, rants in public to tens of millions of people denying something because this guy writes to you and says he had it and you cured.
0: Okay, to be fair, this man is not saying because one person said this. He's saying that he gets thousands and thousands and thousands of emails all the time from young men who are saying the same things. Now, whether you think that that's uh, credible or not, you, you can't argue the fact that if this man is receiving thousands of thousands and thousands of people saying this, this is something to definitely look into. It's something, yeah, of course, be skeptical of it, but it's definitely something to consider and to like look into, and maybe there's something to it, you know? But, like, let's not pretend like Big Pharma doesn't have any, like, uh, you know, any, you know, stakes in this whole clinical depression situation. And we know a lot of people are just following fads. So a lot of people are signing up to self-diagnose themselves all the time. And maybe all of these thousands of people are some of those people. It it could be very much the case. Like I said, I would never say, like, Andrew Tate say that clinical depression doesn't exist. But I would argue that a lot of people think that they're suffering from depression when they're really not.
1: And I think that's a dangerous mindset, Andrew. That's fine. And that's where you don't have a responsible view of your Disag- influence over disagree. people. Disagree. It's very
2: responsible because I'm saving people's lives. I disagree that if you're di if you have if you feel depressed, I disagree that you cannot affect it and change your life and take control and fix yourself and feel happier. I disagree with that. Do you think? Do you think? COVID- I, I, I refuse to accept that there are people out there. Who cannot become happy, contented individuals. I refuse to accept we live in a world where God has created people who, no matter how hard they work and how good their life becomes, Mm. can't be happy. I don't accept that. I accept that the universe is a very giving place and that God loves all of us. And if you try your best and you work hard, you can become a better person. And I also will argue with you and I'll counter the point that you sitting here on your platform telling people they have clinical depression, there's nothing they can do about it, is far more dangerous. Okay, well, then.
0: To be fair, Pierce Morgan didn't say that.
1: They have clinical why do, you miss, why do you misquote me? No, because you're you saying. Hate being misquoted. No,
0: you're saying if people, Yeah, but you've been misquoting this man all throughout the interview. So it's like, all right, what, well. People have clinical depression. They said nothing to do
2: about
1: it. They go to a doctor and they get diagnosed cool. and they get help. Then I would argue the point that. Something like opposite of what
2: you just said I said. I would argue the point that if somebody has depression of any kind, whether it's clinical, whether it exists or not, whether they feel depressed or not, whatever. That taking control of their life, taking personal responsibility, and working hard is always going to be the yeah. positive, best thing they can possibly do for their life going How forward. Positive going is it? Them. How... So, sitting here saying, I don't believe in clinical depression. You don't believe in depression. No, I don't. I believe that people can take control and fight against things. Right. I believe in personal sovereignty. Right. Fine. Good. So, we agree. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Nope.
0: <laughs> and just like, so we agree. <laughs> I, I kind of like when he said that. That'd be funny, though. <laughs> so, we agree.
2: <laughs> personal sovereignty. Right. Fine, good. So we agree. <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, we don't. You Piers, you're do. on my side, afraid of being canceled along with me. I, I a... said to you from the start, <laughs> that's
1: all <laughs> I agree <laughs> with a lot of what
0: you said. <laughs> <laughs> this man t- just said, Piers Morgan, afraid to get canceled. I think, boy, look, boy, there's a script, and so many of these big figures know what script to follow. They know how far to deviate, they know how far to go before they get canceled. It's a mob out there waiting for you if you decide to buck the system hard enough. And with that in mind, sometimes it's very hard to determine who's actually being genuine and who's not. You have to go along. long, you have to go hard, really hard, to see if somebody is really genuine with what they're saying. And believe it or not, there are people on the left side and there are people on the right side who are who are literally held hostage by their audience because they're afraid to really go hard against something because they're afraid that they will be removed from their position or people will stop listening to them. But at the end of the day, why the hell would you listen to somebody if you cannot trust that they're telling you their honest opinion? Sometimes you just got to disagree with people. Sometimes you got to piss people off. Sometimes you got to be wrong. But you have to say what's the right thing because I only want people to listen to me if they know that I'm telling them how I really feel. And that's a sacrifice you gotta make, at least in my opinion. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have any values in this world, you say it. completely. So uh, but I'm about... taking
1: you to task over the stuff I don't agree with, sure. And I'm just not sure you understand why it's wrong, which no. is in itself quite revealing. Let me talk to you about Alex. I... Let me talk to you about Alex Jones, yeah. right? Who I have a bit of history with. He tried to get me deported from the United States. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> what is your view of Alex Jones?
2: I think that Alex Jones is a sovereign individual who, very much like the rabid left, deserves a chance to speak on his points of view. I think that the truth on issues is usually somewhere in the middle between two extremes. And I So you think think Sandy Hook was staged?
1: I don't know anything about Sandy Hook. Really? You know he's just been sued by the families for millions and millions. I have no idea. You don't know anything about it? No. So why would you support someone in public when you know nothing about the most infamous... When have in I action? supported him in public? You have supported him in public. I've been on his podcast. Yeah, but you said nice things about him. I say nice
2: things about lots of people. What do you think about Alex Jones? I said nice things about you, Piers. That's fine. <laughs> so, so you should, so, nice person. So the, I, I, to sit and say that I've been on a podcast and I say nice things about him... You, you
1: support you support his right to speak about things like Sandy Hook? I don't know Sandy Hook. I don't know. And this, You know what it was?
2: It was a mass shooting. Of school children. Uh, okay, okay, but to sit... And he... It's actually... No, no, let's stop for a second. Please don't interrupt me. The, here's why you're... I know why you're good at your job. First, you interrupt people a lot, which is good. It's a good skill. See, and you no, you're no. T- oh, no. and-
0: <laughs> he just called Piers Morgan out. Like, <laughs> bro, kudos to that, bro. Kudos for that. <laughs>
2: you're... I know why you're good at your job. First, you interrupt people a lot, which is good. Mm. It's a good skill. Actually, and, you're, and, you no, t- no. And, and then there no, you go. No. Prove me right. But here's exactly and the timing's
1: what, good. Here's exactly what I did. I only interrupt people like you <laughs> when you either refuse to answer the question or answer a completely different one. Sure. And I want to remind you of what the question was. Fair. Or fair. when you misquote me back, which you've done repeatedly through the interview, where you say, you see, Piers, you agree with me. And the viewer <laughs> who's been watching will go, no, he didn't. Cool. No problem.
2: The other thing you do is you try and set these traps like now. So you're saying... What's that, the trap you think I'm setting? You're saying that I agree with every single point of view a man has. I literally didn't say that. You're saying, well, you support Alex Jones. Why would he, you misquote me? Because you're saying you support Alex Jones and you said he, you've been on his podcast and he said this. I don't know what... What do you think of Alex Jones? I, I don't know everything he said. What do you Pierce. think of him? I think... I think on his podcast, he was cordial. I think he was professional on his podcast. I've also done podcasts with rabid leftists and and, and people who openly hate me. Is it wrong? I do a podcast circuit. And I don't know everything he's ever said. When somebody like And I don't know what... So I don't know what you're trying to
1: get here because I did a podcast. If you let me get a word in edgeways, I'll tell you. It's a a lame trick. (laughs) If you let me get a word in, I will tell you. Let's go. Alex Jones said that (laughs) Sandy Hook didn't happen. It was staged by actors. Okay. This compounded the appalling grief of the families of those poor 20 children who were gunned to pieces by a lunatic with an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. They were already grief-stricken beyond belief, and this guy poured petrol onto that grief quite deliberately to make a huge amount of money from his InfoWars fake news bullshit. (laughs) And as a result, all of the families have now sued him, and they've won, and he's going to have to pay back tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in damages to these families, and quite right, it won't do anything about the pain he caused them. Some of them actually have people turn up outside their houses with guns because Alex Jones had told them that these parents were making it all up. They were all staged actors. It was all run by the government. So I simply say to you, now I've told you that, what is your view of Alex Jones? I don't see why any of that has to do with me. I, I, I it's very
2: interesting. I've done the guy's podcast. I know him well. He was professional and courteous to me when I meet somebody and they show me respect. I show them back respect. That's what I do, as I did with you. You respect him. I if somebody shows me respect, I show them we respect. back. So if I don't, I don't know. I don't.
0: OK, so he said if somebody shows me respect, I give them respect back. He's not saying I respect him as a person. I respect everything he ever did. I respect all of his views. He said I went on his podcast. He was nice to me and cordial. I was nice to him and cordial. I respected that about him. I didn't know that he was doing all of these things, but nor is it my job to speak on it or to have an opinion because I don't know much about the situation and the circumstances surrounding it. So, why would I throw myself into something based on just your word? Now, Piers Morgan, if he's he could be telling 100% of the truth, but you should never weigh in on something unless you know enough of the facts to actually give an uh, informed position on. And if this is his first time hearing this about Alex Jones, then I would not expect him to give a full commitment to how he feels about Alex Jones as a person. To be fair, right? Like I would never want somebody to do that. No when I ask somebody to do that, I would like, "Hey, well, look into it. You know what I mean? And maybe you might reconsider how you feel about this person, now that you have new information that you can go by."
1: If Hitler showed you respect, you'd respect him back. If at the t- that's a stupid question. It's
2: peers. not. It's a logical extension of your argument. No, it, if, if in 1931 I was walking through Germany and a man come up to me and said, sorry for bumping into you, I'd say, sorry, no problem, mate. Mm. I'd show respect <laughs> back. Is, I don't know. <laughs> what,
1: what are you trying to say? That I, 19... I sanctioned the Holocaust. You literally just said if somebody respects you, you respect them back <laughs> I say if somebody <laughs>
2: shows me respect, I show respect back. That's a good way to go through life. Whoever it is. If somebody shows me respect and is courteous to me, I'm courteous back. Yeah. How can you respect somebody who caused such misery and pain to sound I have no
0: idea the specific. He's not saying he respects him. He's saying I show respect to him if he's showing respect to me. That's not meaning I respect this guy as a person or I respect his opinions. I respect. I give respect when respect is given to me. Giving respect and respecting somebody is two totally different things. Fix the thing you're discussing. I don't understand any of it. Well, when I don't, don't know anything about it. When you, you told ju- me
2: your version of events, when did you go on the podcast? I was on the podcast about four four times in the last four years. I did one so re- four, relatively recently. So four, time,
1: four times you went on Alex Jones' podcast. Correct. Promoting him, helping him make money. I don't money. think it was promoting him.
0: In, in reality, if he's going to Alex Jones' podcast, that means Alex Jones is platforming him. And he's seeing that as a way to expose his message or to reach an audience or a new audience not the other way around
2: helping him because well, it's
0: his podcast
2: well yeah but i've been on the podcasts of people who absolutely hate me i've been on liberal left wing podcasts i've been on a feminist podcasts and no you just sat here saying I'm, a, I'm i'm
0: yeah he's not only going to alex jones because he really respects alex jones he's saying i go to people podcasts because either they invite me on or uh, somebody else invites me on and we have a conversation i would go on i would go on podcast with me personally, I would go on left-leaning podcast, right-leaning podcast, people in the middle. It doesn't matter to me because I'm hoping when I go on anybody's podcast that I'm able to get my message across and reach other people. My message, not their message, my message. I would like you to agree, perhaps we can agree on this point, that I'm not a feminist. I go on feminist podcasts.
2: I do a podcast circuit. I do you're not five... a feminist? I don't know. What do, you I... Think... what do you think a feminist is? Well, let's not change subject here, Pierce. Stay on the well, side. You mentioned feminism. Completely. You're, <laughs> trying to... you're trying
0: to get away. There it is. You're trying to get another trap. <laughs>
2: Piers Market heard a buzzword It was like, all right, I'll get them here then. From the point, because what you did is you're trying to say, because I did a podcast, I sanction all of this person's views. And I'm saying I do five podcasts no. a week. I'm I saying do that- five podcasts a week and I don't sanction 100% the views of any other person on the planet because I'm an individual and he has an individual views as, right. as do you. So I don't know why you're trying to come at me would with you- one of his views and pretend that's something to because do with it's me. a pretty big view. No, but it's, 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 to, it's a lame trick, Piers, and you're better than this. So a lame let's move on. It's lame and let's move on.
1: had a podcast, would you go on it? Sure. You would. Great. Okay. Let me know what you're talking about. If Vladimir Putin had a podcast, I'd go on it. If Joe Biden had a podcast, I'd go
2: on it. If a feminist has a podcast, I'll go on it. If Piers Morgan has a podcast, I'll go on it. If Alex Jones, I mean, I don't see the point you're making. There's no point here. You're just, you're digging, but there's nothing to find.
0: Well, I'm not. I'm taking your position that if somebody, I've had a white supremacist on my show, and I would go on a white supremacist show. I don't agree with anything about white supremacy but I would go on there so that I can have my voice heard and I can either combat some of that or have a conversation and see if we can reach some kind of common ground or bring them over to my side or whatever the case may be, or possibly reach any of their audiences and change their minds. That doesn't mean I endorse white supremacy. That doesn't mean I uplift their values or support anything that they're supporting. It, it, this is a nonsense like conversation.
1: shows you respect, you respect them. I think that- I'm saying there are lots of people in the world I do not respect. If Vladimir Putin showed me respect-
0: He said he showed him respect.
1: He didn't respect him. I would not respect him. That's your opinion. But no, no, it's my view, what's okay, your, view? your view? Well, okay, that's your view. Your view is you would.
2: You're sitting here, Piers, saying that I'm on uncensored show, and in your intro, you said that it's important that we don't have echo chambers and we have varying, correct. and that we have varying opinions, correct. But then you're saying the people you don't like, you wouldn't go on their
1: podcast. No, no. So you are <laughs> a hypocrite. No, no. I no. will go on anybody's podcast. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Any point. I don't think you understand what censorship means, do you? Like a <laughs> lot of words, we've had problems with today. You're
2: just saying you what? You're just what saying, do you think censorship means? No, but the point I'm trying to make here. Hang on. What do you think censorship means? Don't hide from the fact that you're saying you will only do podcasts with people you like. Why do you think that's censorship? No, that's your that's your prerogative. My prerogative is I'll just dis- do with censorship. I'll discuss I'll discuss opinions with anybody and I've done hard left wing. Why are you not asking me about the podcast
1: I've done for the people who are hard liberal By the left way, wing? I don't care whether they're left or right. Okay. Extremists to me are all nuts, right? Then we agree. <laughs> yes. So perfect. Good. Then <laughs> <Did> we agree. <laughs> next subject. All right. Here's my next subject. Very <laughs> serious case here. Jesus.
2: And and before you move on, sorry Piers, but before you move on i do find it kind of disingenuous and i know we're on a show and and i don't have a personal problem with you but it is kind of disingenuous to try and sit here and lump me in with something with some school shooting that's nothing to do with me
1: now. i was that's okay. nothing to do let with me, me, on was, any level let me respond on any level let me explain like you just said you've been on this podcast <laughs> four times in four years it, since he said the whole thing was staged i don't know when he and said i simply and i think the fact that a smart guy like you wants me to believe you had no idea that Alex Jones, who's been in the news now for the last two years for being sued by these families for the most heinous thing imaginable of pouring petrol onto their grief by claiming that shooting was staged. The fact that you're pretending you didn't know about any of that. It's not about pretending you've been, I on, know. been on his podcast no. four Pierce, times Pierce. supporting him and making him money. So damn right I'm going to call you Pierce, out on it. When I do a podcast, if you think I spend... Time
2: analyzing the point of view that of that, that person and everything they've ever said you
1: for years
2: beforehand. It's
0: not years.
1: It was minutes in
2: years most cases. Years and years. That's when did a, you last a, go a, on his, that's When
0: Pierce. did you last go on his Pierce. podcast? You were trying to... Okay, so I'm going to say this, right? Like, I, I would never make an assumption about what a person knows and doesn't know, right? I would never do that. But I will say, I find it hard to believe that Andrew Tate didn't know about this, right? But also, I don't know if Andrew Tate is... I, I don't know exactly where Andrew Tate is from. He doesn't seem like he's American. Like, I don't think he was born and raised in America. I don't know how big the Alex Jones case was outside of America. I don't know how Andrew Tate spends all of his time. I don't know if he's only in certain circles that he doesn't run across that. But I do think if I had to make an educated guess or a bet, I would argue that if you've been on Alex Jones' podcast for four years, like four times in the last four years, somebody at some point mentioned to you Alex Jones was going through that situation. I would at least think so, right? I, I, I just by accident, you will find out it's years in and years.
2: That's when, act, you last act, his, that's when fierce, did you lost go on That's when did you lost You trying to lump me in and attack me for a person whose podcast I do having a view is absolutely childish. Because, okay, because I've done a bunch of podcasts with so people, you would do a podcast. with, I've done a bunch of podcasts with people who are
0: advocating for things okay that I do not agree with on every single exactly. He could go on a podcast and not agree. If he didn't go on there and say, you know what? I 100% agree with your position on X, Y, and Z. You you can't, what what do you expect? I know that Alex Jones said this stuff and did this stuff. And if Alex Jones invited me on his podcast, I would go. Because that's an opportunity as a content creator to get your message out and to reach young people about what you're talking about or whatever the case may be. Even if I disagree with Alex Jones, I may be going on there to possibly bring other people to my side. You don't have to just, like, deny people because you disagree with some of their positions. A bunch of podcasts of people who
2: are advocating for things that I do not agree with on every single level. In fact, most of my podcasts are me disagreeing with Mm -hmm. people. So it's completely crazy that you're trying to lump me in
1: with that. That's that's cheap. That's cheap. You are completely misconstruing the point of what I'm saying. I think deliberately. No, no. What you're trying is a cheap trick. And I'm just
0: making it clear it's to not the a cheap audience, it's a I'm cheap
1: just trade. curious where your line, where your moral line is. It's a cheap trick. <laughs> hey man,
0: that's full of shit, bro. Hey, man, it's so full of shit. <laughs> no, bro, out of all the things you can bring up, you're trying to bring this shit up, all right? Like, come on, man. Be, be, be real with me right now. Like, this man is trying to get him, bro. This man, Pierce Morgan, every turn is trying to get a gotcha. I swear to... I'm just making it clear to it's a cheap trick. It's a
1: I'm just trick. curious where your, line, where your moral line is. <laughs> it's a cheap trick. I Where's just, your moral line? I disagree
2: with the points of view with the majority of the people I do podcasts with. So it's a very cheap trick you're trying here. So when I don't people know invent
1: vile things to make themselves rich off the back of families of little kids who've been blown to pieces with a machine gun or a semi-automatic version of a machine gun, I think that is actually a line I, would, I wouldn't cross. I wouldn't be happy. To go on someone's podcast when they've been responsible for doing that. It's not about political views or differences of opinion over facts. It's about somebody deliberately inventing a pack of lies to compound the grief of families. And mm. I just, I'm curious, you don't think you have any need to go down any kind of moral quandary about people like that before you continue to
0: allow them to use you for their own promotion? He didn't see what I would have did right, I would have still went on Alex Jones podcast. But if I had a problem with it, if it was something personally that I had a disagreement about, I bring it up. I say, hey, Alex Jones, you said this, that, and the third, and I, I'm I'm really curious. Like from what I understand, blah 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 blah. But also, Andrew Tate doesn't seem like the type of person who is like a political um a commentator. He doesn't seem like the type of person that's like politics, politics, politics. His his more thing is, I guess, like the red pill, men and women relationships and stuff like that. His, his He's not into that whole political debate stuff like that. And I would expect that from somebody who does a lot of political debates and talk about like Second Amendment rights and talk about, you know, um, you know, you know, policies surrounding guns and stuff of that sort. Somebody who's more hip and knowledgeable about those situations to bring that up to Alex Jones versus somebody who talks about men women relationships. So that might be a little out of his wheelhouse anyway. You know what I mean?
2: He use me. He didn't use me. So for why is he promotion. having you on the podcast? Because we disagreed and discussed points like we're doing with you right now. Are Did you, you call him
1: out on that? Are you using me? We didn't discuss that. Point. I'm not using you. I'm giving you a platform most people aren't giving you right now yeah. to show the
0: world who you are. He's using you, Tate. <laughs> he's using you. He know how many views this video is going to get. He know he's trying to get you. Come on, man. As any content creator... Okay, I'm not going to accuse all content creators of like being nefarious or anything. I'm just saying that if you if you know that you're gonna have a big art uh, a a big person on your platform that may bring in a lot of views, you're gonna take that in consideration when deciding whether you're gonna platform them or not.
1: Really, are
2: fantastic. So we're neither of us are using each other. I'm here on your show. I'm providing you with content. You're giving me a platform, and nobody's using each other. It's mutual. We don't agree on a whole bunch of issues. It's fine. And here we are. I think just we've had a like,
1: robust exchange.
2: Yeah, just like I've done on nearly every other podcast. And for, if someone were to come and say to me in the future that something. Heaven forbid mm-hmm. there's a skeleton in your closet, mm-hmm. and someone were to come to me and say you were on Piers Morgan's show, did you know he's X or he's done X? I would say that's absolutely nothing to do with me. right. But I am I make the same point, protecting you. I don't. I don't know what you do. Right. I don't know your personal. I can guarantee.
1: Life. I can guarantee one thing: I will not be inventing stories about I, the families of. I kids hope you. I kids. hope. I hope not. I hope you're a righteous person. I'm but not, I don't, don't, don't declare know. me to be a righteous person. I don't know. I'm just saying that. I just think it's an interesting that you have no moral compulsion about going on people.
2: It's like not about moral fences.
1: compulsions. It's about I
2: don't know what you do, Piers. You could have a bunch of skeletons in your closet my friend i don't have a clue sure. you know the
0: funny thing i've i've heard a lot about alex jones podcast but i've never watched alex jones podcast personally so i just hear things that's why i never speak on alex jones because i don't know i i if I was sitting here and I was watching one of Alex Jones podcasts or videos or something like that, I would judge that video based on the actual arguments he's making in that video. But I wouldn't try to like lump in everything that I saw on like other news networks or stuff like that about Alex Jones. I would try to focus on his arguments then and there. So. I just don't like I mean, I don't really have much to say about Alex Jones. I just know that he's been accused of certain things in the media and he's supposed to pay all of this money and stuff like that. But I don't get into the semantics of it because I don't know exactly everything he said. I don't know exactly what the implications are in the court case. And I just leave it alone. It's not my wheelhouse. So I just leave it alone. You know, but if I did, if he invited me on his show, I would definitely go on and I would ask him about it. And if he gave me some arguments about what he said or whatever, I would judge and analyze based on what he said then, And I would make my arguments whether I agree or disagree from that point of perspective, but not based on what I've heard through other media outlets. It's about I don't know what you do, Pierce. You could have a bunch of skeletons in your closet, my friend.
1: I don't have a clue. I'm I'm here on your TV show. I'm sure we all have lots of skeletons. Let Let me ask you this. Interesting about the feminism thing. Sure do you identify as a feminist
2: i think that women and men are fantastic both of us are fantastic i think women reproduce i think women need to be respected protected provided for i think that modern feminism is kind of hard for me to even truly understand. what do you think it means what is feminism i think that the idea of feminism is that men and women are equal uh under the law and do you believe that completely we We should be treated
1: completely yeah but we are equal under the law wouldn't you agree uh not really I think there are still some issues in the world where i mean certainly in workplace the gender pay gap
0: that's not equal under the law workplace has nothing to do with equality under the law saying equality under the law means that there is no laws that specifically forces women or excludes women from doing or saying or whatever the case may be all laws apply equally across the genders but i would even argue that technically we don't have equality under the law We see time and time again that women are the majority who gets custody over their children. That's something that men don't have the luxury under the law, and that's a legal issue. We see that time and time again. Even if the guy is financially more stable, most of the time women will get um, access to the children. We see in cases where men and women get divorced, where women take half of what the men um, own, and we rarely see that the other way around. Like there are different cases and situations that happen where women get the better end of the stick than men under the law. Now, are there cases where men probably get the advantage? I'm pretty sure there are. Um, let me—I uh, can't think of anything at the top of my head, but it, it would seem that maybe. But I—I I don't know. Women go to prison unless because men are more violent. Men tend to commit more crimes and stuff like that. We see that men are majority of the people that go to prison. Are we looking for equality in that aspect? No, we're not because it makes sense. So when they say equality of the sexes, what they really mean is what women think that they should be equal in, but women don't want to be equal with men in all cases because of course not. Women are not fighting for equality in the coal mines or working on the railroads or things of that sort. They're not talking about that.
1: Not really. I think there are still some issues in the world where I mean certainly in workplace, the gender pay gap remains. Uh, they're not treated equally in most cases women. Well, that can be discussed, the gender pay gap. I think thanks that's for the
0: follow, Ray Cloud.
1: I think that there's actually You think women should go to work. I think women should work completely. You do. Why wouldn't they? Because in the parts of the country, of the world you were mentioning earlier that have different views of women, they don't go to work. In the parts of the world that
2: person from the podcast was from, for the point I
0: made. And he already brought that up. See, he already told him that I was talking to Muslims from a different part of the uh, world. And it was in the context of that circumstance.
2: (laughs) Parts of the world that person from the podcast was from, for the point I made, yeah, they didn't, but th- I don't live in those parts of the world. I think women should be free to work if they choose. I think it's very important that uh, the family unit remains. I do believe that the most, in my personal view, the most important and respectful thing a woman can do is become a mother. I think that having children is a beautiful thing. Uh, but obviously, if a woman wants to work and wants to have a career, especially now with paternity leave or maternity leave and she can manage to do both, why wouldn't I want women to work? I don't know why anyone would ever assume I don't want women to work or think women
0: can't work. I would say this. If my wife got pregnant, I don't want my wife to work. That's my personal choice. I want my wife to stay home with the kids until the kids are a certain age, to where they are old enough to speak and old enough to convey certain things. Um, I'm not okay with daycare raising my children. I'm not okay with uh, both parents being out at work. And when the kid get home, nobody's home to greet them. I I believe that when children are fundamentally growing, it's important that you have a, a parent there, somebody to read to them. And that person could be me. It could be on certain days or a certain level of the week. We can share that responsibility. But I, I do believe that somebody should be home. And if that means that I have to work, if I'm making the majority of the money in that circumstance or, or, or a situation, I believe, especially after my wife gave birth or whatever, she might not be, she, why should I send her straight off to work? Like, I, I don't think that should be the case, you know? And she should have time to relax and to get herself together and not to be stressed about a job when she also has to stress about taking care of the kids as well. You know, I I, I don't see anything wrong with that. But like I said, that's my personal choice. Now, there are women out there who wanna work or whatever the case may be, go for it.
2: Why wouldn't I want women to work? I don't know why anyone would ever assume I don't want women to work or think women can't work because I said that I should keep them safe sometimes. Good. (laughs) No, but it's interesting because you have to look at this, Pierce. It's interesting how people extrapolate. Andrew said that women that he's responsible for a woman's safety, and he said that that gives him authority to make decisions for her safety, and that's been misconstrued, and he's a bad person. He believes that women are property. So, but now we believe that Andrew doesn't believe in love. Andrew doesn't believe women should work. Andrew, I don't know where all of that comes from. Well, that's why I'm thing. glad we've had a chance to discuss Completely. It. I believe women are <laughs> sovereign individuals, and they can make any choice they so desire. I think that it's important that we remember that... A man has a duty. I think I certainly in my relationship have a financial responsibility to provide for my woman. My woman would never have to work unless she wanted to because I'm the kind of person who works hard enough that should she wouldn't young have men, to.
1: Should young men, though, all aspire to be like you? Should young men
2: aspire to work very hard, have no criminal record, become multimillionaires, protect and provide for the women close to them, uh, be sovereign so they can stand up and have their own points of view in face of cancellation? <laughs> be able to not be met- You gave this man an opportunity. <laughs> and he took it he took it as he should have uh, be sovereign so they can stand up and have their own points of view in face of cancellation be able to not be mentally intimidated when they go on national tv and there's traps set up for them yeah i believe that confidence <laughs> strong man
0: Kudos <laughs> off to andrew Tate for that bro like he took advantage of that boy he gave him a foot and that boy took the whole mile boy. when
2: they go on national TV and there's traps set up for them. Yeah, I believe that confident, strong men who stand up and protect and provide for women are a good thing for the world and a good force for the world. And I don't think that I put a magic spell.
0: Let me get to y'all comments real quick, right? He took took it, though. That that was good. Both of those situations have changed drastically over the last decade, though not perfect. And actually, the majority of women are in jail for violent crimes as where the majority of men aren't. I mean, that's what happens. Like, I guess women are really fighting to be just like men in a lot of cases. It is not hypocritical to say that women should naturally be mothers and caters while also saying that men are unjustly treated legally by women being assumed to their prim- to be their primary care. Agreed. Agreed. I'm a single mom who went back to work, which uh, when I were each were three months old, I moved my cousin in to be there when I wasn't. So you had a plan, you know, like every situation is different for everybody. But what I never think that what somebody should do or at least put themselves in a position to where they have to sacrifice their children for the sake of pursuing some kind of career, especially when you don't have to. Now, if you're the only parent and you have no choice but to work, that's a different situation. But hopefully. Hopefully. You have either family members or somebody you can really trust or a husband or a, a man in your life that's going to take those responsibilities and help you be able to raise your children how you should and see fit. But we hear a lot of conversations about people taking their children to certain daycares or whatever, and they are molested or they are mistreated or abused or taught certain things that are against your values. And it's just it's harder to control what goes inside of your child's mind Um when the parent doesn't have any type of supervision i would just argue that it's better that a mom is there especially early on in the child's development to take care of their children because women are better at it than men are that's just the case i also worked midnight shift so i was home when they got up and slept while they were in school and worked when they slept never missing anything see exactly see you you took in consideration exactly what it took to raise your children and you you adjusted your life forward and it worked for you which i say kudos to you girl
2: kudos to you fell on anybody i think there's a whole bunch of men in the world who understands my value and if if men grow up to be like me you're going to have a whole bunch of people with no criminal record dedicated athletes who protect and provide for the people close to them are fantastic for the economy and we're and i'm not i'm certainly not the worst influence out here peers you have little Nas twerking on the devil
0: woo woo
2: I'll say it again for tape for the people in the back influence out here peers you have little naz twerking on the devil Woo. on music videos which our children are digesting Woo. you have uh drill art is singing about stabbing people to death in the Woo. middle of a knife crime epidemic Woo. you have rabid uh psychopaths on whether the right or the left announcing violence on the other side you have all these insanities Woo. in the world and because i sit here and say i yeah, perhaps. Now you've you've laid it out, and it offended you. I understand. I me didn't sit- say it offended. Okay, me. cool. I just read you the thing. You read things that
0: it offended my. It, it offended him. Hey, but look, bro, this man just spoke some facts. Bro, I've been saying this for so long, bro. It's crazy how we accept all of this negativity and all of this poison, all of this music and Hollywood and all of this stuff that feed into our kids every single day. Yet yeah, they want to cancel this guy because they don't agree with his views. But yet these people are doing everything under the sun, in, in in the in the guise of entertainment. The world is backwards.
1: It's so backwards that you say they could be offensive, and some people are offended. Well, some people definitely were offended. Absolutely, that's fine. And, and honestly, I think some of the things you said were genuinely offensive and misogynist. Okay, so they offended you. Like actually, I, so,
2: like I said earlier, so they offended you, no, which is not. fine. I said they offended you. You interrupted me. Now you're saying they offended you, which is fine. And the but the point I'm trying to make is this i'm not the devil there are certainly worse people
0: than me and and they exist And, and i'm saying that my hold on let me uh let me catch up uh no i'm saying i disagree with you i believe it is hypocritical to complain about men being unjustly treated by the legal system on family matters while also saying women should naturally be mothers and primary uh caregivers okay let me see uh uh I am mean, unjustly treated by the legal system on family matters while also saying women should. no no what I, what i'm saying is every in, in circumstances where men are definitely in a better place to raise children versus women who are not women still get priority and look All right. I'll give a personal example. Like, for example, my mother and my father were in two totally different financial circumstances in two different living conditions. My mom grew up in the projects, whereas my dad grew up in the suburbs. My dad had more access to capital, more access to wealth. He was remarried, had a wife and all of that, right? Had Cars, whatever. My mom grew up poor in the projects and yet she had seven kids and five of those um, kids were from my father. Yet my mom still got primary care over us instead of my father, even though my mom didn't even have a job at the time. There are cases where the father is in the best position to take care of the children, yet he still doesn't get that privilege because he's a man. I, 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 I'm I not saying that women are not, women are better when it comes to nurturing children, but also you still need fathers. What I'm saying is, it's, it, it shouldn't be the case because a man is a man that therefore the woman should automatically get precedent even when that man has been shown or proven to be in a better position to raise the children. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? But you're absolutely right about the fact that if women are in a capable position, if the woman and the man are both in capable positions, then of course, by default, I think the woman should have the right to raise the children before the father should. But also, it's about age as well, because I think it's very crucial for children to have their mothers in a certain age or certain stages in their life and it's very crucial that they have their fathers in a certain crucial level in their life. They need both at all times, but one parent position is more important depending on the age of the child. If that makes sense, My uncle was a single father of two girls, and as much as we don't see eye to eye, you would be hard pressed to find a woman who could have done better raising them. Hmm. <laughs> we need to stop saying that guys never won custody because that mindset stops them from trying. True. I I know a lot of guys who try and it's hopeless. And we, I've seen cases where the women were strung out on drugs and she was actually like no job, strung out on drugs, wasn't really home with the kids all the time. And still the man fought like hell to get the kids and still couldn't do it. I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying that every case is different and you should treat every case differently. But there are numerous cases where men just don't get the favor, even though it's clear that they they should be the one favored in that situation. Core tenants for the people who don't understand me
2: are self accountability. Mm -hmm. So I'm accountable for everything I've ever said. My core tenants are responsibility. So I'm responsible for everything I've said. My core tenants are traditional masculinity to a degree, which involves protecting and providing for women. And I'll make another point another point here that's very, very, that's very, that needs to be said. The number of women who have stood up and stuck up for me is ignored. Thousands of women are making videos saying, I've met Andrew Tate, he's such a nice guy. I wish I had a man like Andrew Tate who felt responsible to protect and provide for me. You know what? I, I do belong to my husband. That's why I married him and I love him. We ignore the thousands of women who stood up and 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 stood by me and said everything I said is true. And we're taking a very vocal minority who have taken the things I've said that's the way the and are pretending works. to be absolutely and utterly devastated by them okay. for
1: some reason. All right. I mean, time They're, out. Time out. Sure. You've had a good a good run there. Sure. <laughs> an inquest this week found that a 14-year-old girl, Molly Russell, died from an act of self-harm while suffering from depression and the negative effects of online content. The coroner said she was exposed to material that may have influenced her in a negative way and, in addition, what started as depression and become a much more serious depressive illness and she very sadly took her life.
2: That's, that's absolutely disgusting.
1: Right. Her, father, terrible. her father's campaign for better protections against potentially dangerous social media algorithms, right? It says that the particularly graphic content she saw romanticized
0: acts of self-harm. <laughs> I think I'm going to drink that cup of water because he like, man, I swear, I hope this man don't say, I hope my name don't come up in this, like.
1: The <laughs> algorithms. right? It says that the particularly graphic content she saw romanticized acts of self-harm normalized her condition and focused on a limited and irrational view without uh, any counterbalance of normality first of all what is your response to that nothing to do with you
0: yeah nothing to do with me but yeah what the fuck pierce what the fuck bro it's so the first thing yeah it's,
2: it is nothing to do with me uh, the fact that a 14 year old girl took her life is truly sad the world we live in today is the world we live in. Th- the fact that something like that happened is almost mind blowing to me. That's truly. That's truly sad. I actually feel sad inside to see something like that. The fact that they just said it's romanticizing the gory element. I don't know what mm-hmm. she was watching. Some kind of suicide videos thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know where these things. Do are you created. think the tech companies should be much tougher about stuff like this? I don't know what kind of things she watched. Obviously, mm-hmm. I have to be a professional here. I think that the tech companies need to do their best to protect people. I guess to a degree, but it's a slippery slope, isn't it? And then they use this slippery
1: slope to, to silence some people and to, to... Right, and I think that's a, I think it's a really fine line. And it It's is. a complicated line. It is, very you know, I was interested, when he did an interview with the Times, uh, Hugo Rifkin, he's a very good...
0: But we know one thing, Andrew Tate does not come near any of that. So, I mean, that's a different ballpark. Yeah.
1: We did a big interview with him, and it was interesting to me, his conclusion, because he kind of concluded that, although he found a lot of the things he said awful and offensive and he didn't like them and he yeah. didn't want to be that kind of person that would say those kind of things nor could he actually work out exactly what you've done which deserved mass wipe out by all the tech firms I, I thought it was an interesting conclusion i don't you know i don't know the answers to that other than the reason i mentioned the molly russell
0: imagine how scary that is right if they can do this to this guy they can do it to any of us all right? They could they could wipe all my content off the internet tomorrow, and people people would just be like, "Oh, whatever happened to that Javier Javier guy?" Like, the, the the fact it's lucky enough that he had he has gotten big enough to where it matters and it takes notes. But imagine like small creators, people who only have a few thousand subscribers or whatever the case may be, they can just wipe us off the map, and like we wouldn't have a voice. There's nothing we could do. And it's like, that's the scary part of it. And and so many people rely on social media and these content creation websites to get their voices heard, to reach audiences, to spread information, to challenge people. And you can easily control the conversation by deciding who gets a platform and who doesn't. You can shape society that way. That's the scary part of it.
1: Conclusion. I don't, you know, I don't know the answer to that other than the reason I mentioned the Molly Russell case, not because that has anything to do with you at all, and I reiterate that. Thank you. So I simply ask you this. What has come clear to me in the interview is that a lot of things you say you wouldn't say now that you've said before. Well, so I'd say them differently perhaps. You, you, yeah, right. So to me, that's mm-hmm. an acceptance, not just that you want to get back on platforms, because maybe that was one of the reasons you you were no platform, but that you've recognized and understood the potential harm to the wrong kind of impressionable mind by some of the things you've said. Would that be fair? I think that's
2: 80% fair. I recognize and understand that with massive fame, you have to be more careful about being misconstrued. Like I said earlier, 1% of people misunderstanding you doesn't matter with a small audience. It matters with a very large audience. With power comes responsibility. Mm. I still believe the things I say, I do not want to be a negative force for the world. I also understand that I am a man who's lived a very difficult, nuanced life, and I am capable of making nuanced points that may be misunderstood by teenagers. However, that can be said about anybody and everything. Every opinion online can be misunderstood by children. Trying to protect children from the internet is a very interesting subject in and of itself, because. I would argue that 80% of the content on the internet is can be negative or detrimental to a young mind that doesn't understand the world. I'd argue that all of it. We just talked about music videos and dancing on the devil and and all this stuff. All this stuff is dangerous. By
1: the way, I think you make a very good point on that. A lot of these rap stars, the lyrics, the videos, I think far exceed anything that you've been accused of.
0: Kudos to that, man. Bro. We need more people saying this. More people saying this. I'm going to give power to Andrew Tate on this. I have to. The fact that he called that shit out, like, it just personally, like, I would have said the same thing if I was in this interview. I don't have the platform that he has. But the fact that he brought it up, I think it, it, it definitely, it definitely has an impact. I hope it has an impact, you know, but come on, they make so much money off of these artists. I mean, come on, at the end of the day, dollar, dollar bill, y'all.
1: stars, the lyrics, the videos, I think far exceed anything that you've been accused of doing. Completely. Because in a lot of cases, some of them promote non-consensual activity with people, right? And I just think that crosses a line you have, as far as I've seen, you haven't crossed that line. No, I haven't. And I. And this is the
2: thing. And I've been vilified, not because of the things I say, because much more extremist content already exists on the internet. I think the reason I've been attacked and vilified is because of the popularity, because I became so massively famous, not mm. because of what I was actually saying. So as a professional, I analyze that and I understand, that, OK, I'm massively famous now and certain things have been taken out of context. However, I still do believe I'm a force for good in the world. And I'm not going to sit here. Have and you say, changed, though? I don't it's not about changing
0: if the man says that he um he still believes what he said he believed he still understands those things that he still stands by them and why does you it, it, apparently he doesn't feel like he needs to change those things A force for good in the world and I'm not going to sit
2: here have and you say, changed
1: though I don't it's not about changing well it is we're all involved in evolution how old do you know I'm 36, 36. Right. I bet you're a different person to what you were when you were 26. Oh, that's, absolute, 16, that's right? absolutely. Effective. So we all change. And Mike, you, know, you keep talking about being a good person. Yeah. I think if you're honest with yourself, yeah. that you can see why people found a lot of the stuff you've said problematic. And was-
0: but a lot of other people like it. A lot of other people agree with him. So like this was anybody. Why the hell should he care? It's like asking Piers Morgan, like, there's a lot of people disagree with you. Do you see why you're having a negative impact? It's like, what? what, what,
1: what? Misogynist.
0: There are going to be people who I criticize on the left, and there are going to be liberals who come up here and disagree with what I say, feel like I'm harming them, or I'm causing some kind of harm to the world or to the country or whatever. That's the part of the game. There are going to be conservatives and people on the right when I criticize certain um, conservative figures or Republican figures who are going to disagree and don't like some of the things that I say. But that's that's the nature of the beast. Like you can't go around apologizing because somebody might find your, your content of, offensive.
1: And I think you recognized you wouldn't express yourself in that way again because you've understood that it's caused a lot of harm. And that's really Really, what I wanted to get to today mm. was an acknowledgement by you that these I'm things sure that's clearly what you wanted. were said in the wrong way, created the wrong impression, if you didn't mean them the way you intended them, and can therefore have a malevolent influence when you have a huge following. Yeah, when you have a huge following, you certainly have to be a lot more careful about how
0: you get certain points across. That's absolutely a fact.
1: Andrew, I appreciate you coming all the way from Romania. Thank you. It's been an interesting conversation, and uh, <laughs> thank you for having me.
0: So I'm guessing the internet kind of enjoyed this little little interview. Uh, I think that Andrew Tate did a very good job in this. Um, I think he was professional. I I know that it got heated at times, but at the same time, I really do believe that um, that was a great conversation, even though I felt like there was a lot of traps and a lot of trying to get him and force him into positions. And even though he was trying to explain what he meant, that wasn't enough for Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan did a lot of interruption. in my opinion, didn't act in good faith. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm pretty sure it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And even if you disagree with Andrew Tate about something, I think everybody can agree that uh, that Piers Morgan could have handled that a lot better. And if he was trying to attempt to accomplish something that would have changed people's minds, he went about it the wrong way. And if anything, he probably just provided more fuel for Andrew Tate and made Andrew Tate look even better. You know what I mean? So, like, he had the opposite effect of what he was trying to achieve. You know? Uh, I appreciate y'all hanging out with me. This was a, a long one. I'm almost going on to three hours. You know, uh, might have been the longest I've live streamed in a while. Difference being one of them intentionally trying to help. Yeah, but um, my thoughts, my summary on this is, Andrew Tate comes as, off as the type of guy who understands shock value. He understands what it means to get people engaged and entertained in his content. He's very good at that. Um, you cannot prevent somebody from taking your content, chopping it up and taking you out of context. Nobody can do that. That's nearly an impossible task to ask somebody to be able to do that is setting them up for failure, right? At the same time, I think that Andrew Tate has to be really careful on how he conducts these interviews and how he goes on these interviews, because if they're going to try to get him to backpedal. He's not gaining anything from this. It's only going to harm him because their goal, their intentions, and they will never be satisfied until he agrees with them wholeheartedly. This is how these things work. If you apologize, people will hold your feet to the fire regardless. You don't gain anything. But at the same time, I am a person who believes that if you are genuinely sorry about something or you believe you made a mistake or said something that was wrong, and you really do believe that, I think you should, as a value, own up to it and give people the truth. Of the matter, it seems like he doesn't feel that way, so I think he should stand by what he said, and that's that's all it is, you know what I mean. Uh, Javier, do you follow Eric July aka Young Ripper? Um, I don't, um, I haven't really been following a lot of content creators uh, lately, um, but I do know who Young Ripper is. I think Young Ripper, he uh, I think he shows up on that show sometimes. The um, I used to watch it back in the day. Um, what was it called, The News and Why It Matters. I think he does comic books and stuff like that as well. Uh, So I do know who the guy is. I don't follow him. And the reason I don't follow a lot of content creators is because sometimes a lot of these content creators, they rip stuff from other content creators and they end up talking about the same issues in the same way and end up having some of the same ideas. And I want to form my ideas based on my own personal thoughts and beliefs and give it to you in my way. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to be influenced by what other people are saying, what other people are thinking. Um, so I, I had to like die down on exactly how much content I consume. Um, but I do listen to a lot of um, debates and stuff of that sort. Shoot, run to bounce before my phone dies. I'll come back. Go watch the ending. Yeah, definitely. Uh, love you, Wildflower. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for your support. You are a member of the show and I love you for it. Much love as always. Can we really excuse all the clear and irrefutable evidence that shows Andrew Tate is a domestic abuser? Um, from what I understand, there was a video that came out about him whipping some girl or something of that sort. But I heard that him and the girl both came out and said it was consensual. Um, my thing is, I don't know Andrew Tate's all of Andrew Tate's content, so I don't know. Uh I hear things, but I try to focus on exactly if Andrew Tate is those things, I don't know it because I don't consume his content like that. But what I do is. I try to analyze the video that's sitting in front of me and judge the arguments based on that. If there are things that Andrew Tate did that I don't know about or that I'm not aware of, I don't condone anything that I would disagree with and I wouldn't bash him for something that I'm not sure he is. So if he is those things, I feel feel free to always share those videos with me and I can check them out for myself and I'll give my opinion on the video that's in front of me. Um, I don't know everything about him. Uh, There was one video I watched of him when he was talking to some other girl about dating and I disagreed with him wholeheartedly on a lot of things that he said. So I'm not a person who sit here and just take one person's side because they are who they are. I do understand that there's a lot of people who are big figures in society that develop a cult following around them. And we see different figures like that throughout history. And I'm not one of those people who just follows anybody because everybody likes them. I'm going to say what I say. I'm going to feel how I feel. And when you give me information that I can truly analyze for myself, if I disagree with it, I'm going to call it out for what it is. Um, I'm, I'm not a red pill guy. I don't deal with the relationship situations like that. So that's a totally different community. That's why I'm not familiar with Andrew Tate like that. But recently everybody's been talking about his cancellation and I am somebody who focuses on like, you know, the political implications of these things. And that's why I took an interest in this interview itself. But If Andrew Tate is somebody who's abusive to women or somebody who promotes negativity, then I disagree with those behaviors and I would speak out against it. But in this conversation that he was having with um, Pierce Morgan, it it seemed as if like the conversation could have been handled better. And he, he appeared in this conversation to be trying to explain himself, but yet his explanations wasn't being allowed. And that could be a failure on Pierce Morgan's side. And maybe he just needs somebody better to interview him to get more out of what people disagree about and why they disagree with him. Uh, So that's what I would say. Um, But I'm not ignoring anything about um, Andrew Tate. I speak about what I know about, you know. Uh, So I thank all of y'all for following. Um, I appreciate y'all for taking the time to ride out with me. It's late night, 2 a.m. where I am. Much love to y'all, you know. Uh, if y'all new to the hobby lobby, welcome. If y'all on YouTube, make sure y'all hit the like button and and subscribe. If you just not seeing this or you ain't subscribed, if you are on Twitch, make sure you follow, subscribe, you know, show some love and I will be back. I will be back and we're going to rock out with more content. So peace and glory, everybody. Y'all have a good one. Be peaceful and be great as always until next time. I'm out. One in a million, a million, the one villain. Too hot to be in the kitchen, out in the melt in the ceiling.